on the guys we fuck. The anti slut shaming podcast. Yo, you haven't said I'm Christina Hutchinson. I'm Corinne Fisher. And I'm your boyfriend. Bring us to slutty, your horny, and your shame. Hey, you a slut? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What up, fuckers? How you doing? Where you been at? Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the anti-slut shaming podcast. I'm Corinne Fisher. I'm Christina Hutchinson. Welcome to the fucking show. Okay. We're at the show. It's a big week, guys. Yeah. This is, it's going to feel like a stall. It's going to feel like a stall because you're going to hear some other footage. Uh, But we can (laughs) finally say, oh, I want to be, I want to be transparent. You're going to be able to hear that. That's word that we're splicing in audio from another (laughs) fucking episode. Other podcasts might try to pull one over on you, but we'll be real. Other other podcasts might, might try to make it seem like there wasn't an issue. (laughs) Um, But that's nice. Yeah, it was COVID related. It had nothing to do with the technicality. Or the or the art that we have made for you, but finally we can oh finally fucking God. announce you've been asking nonstop Holy on Instagram, shit. and I couldn't answer you because I didn't know if it was going to work. We didn't out. fucking know. We weren't sure, but February fourteenth, Valentine's Day, aka Valentine's Day. Ooh, what's happening, Corinne? Our special is dropping. Our debut stand-up comedy Woo! special. Boy, do we have some shit in store for you. It's going to be so spectacular. Well, it is spectacular. I've already seen it. We've already seen seen it. It's fucking great. Spoiler alert. Mike hasn't seen it, but even if he... I was there. Yeah, yeah. but he was there. And then also, I mean, we... We pay him so he has to say nice things. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if he doesn't, we fire him. Yeah, uh, I think it's that's a woman's a, world. I think Michael, that's illegal, get on board. actually, but it's fine. It's okay. We're, ah, we're Chad, all good. you're supposed to get a few warnings, but certain jobs don't give you those mm-hmm. warnings, right? Well, so. Women on the company, you know, we kind of do what we want. Yeah. Um, and so now we're gonna insert, you know, a whole yeah. bunch of shit that we already recorded about our feelings, um, and how excited we are about the podcast. Like every word of it. And what those things did you have to say about this special, guys? <laughs> Thank you. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you. We'll go into it right now it doesn't take away from it we, we honestly it was so good and we were in so in our feelings that we were like even when we had to push some stuff because of covid we go we're gonna need to keep this yeah because we christine and i were very in the moment that was we a direct funnel it. from our hearts to your ears you can't you can't recapture magic no nope. So, nope you know so here we are. So all you need is internet to watch our debut comedy special. It's called our special, special day. day. The Grinch can't steal this. Maybe he can. I don't know. I don't know what he's capable of. Honestly, the internet's a bad place. Uh huh. Uh, terrible. The Grinch <laughs> is Reddit. Um, but we're so excited for this. this. This has been obviously the culmination of 11 years of work. Christine and I started stand up comedy in the end of 2010. Yeah. Like baby. Within, within months of each other. Yeah. Yep, uh, yep. We're on a pretty pivotal show. Uh, yeah. At Broadway Comedy Club? Oh, comics. Comics. That was the one we were together. I went to see you at Broadway Comedy Club when I was still working at Liebman Entertainment. Right, because I needed people to go and pay money so I could do five minutes. Yes, and then (laughs) you you did your uh, famous uh, pretend to be British joke. (laughs) Still one of my faves. I think it's a good, I I enjoy that joke. Love the Brits. Love the Brits. And then, yeah, and then Christina and I both did a show at the uh, now out of business comics comedy club. (laughs) I'm not saying we're responsible. We didn't do it. Uh, in the meatpacking district, uh, which is where kind of, I don't know, uh, do we meet Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, we met day? Jimmy Fallon and Ryan Reese, and then they roped us into Tex Wars, which was their um, traveling game show. <laughs> I use that gate word game show very lightly. Uh, they where would we, be like a, a screen to colleges, and then yeah. we would, and then we would, we were the trick, DJ. <laughs> we got paid $500 to press yes on a PowerPoint. <laughs> we would trick colleges out of thousands of dollars. It was awesome. It was great. I've never seen that much money in my life. Yeah, honestly, private education is a real scam, but we, uh-huh. we 
finally benefited from it after we had shelled out so much money to go to college ourselves. Goddamn right. So I feel like they I deserve it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's payback. But yeah. I gotta say, we 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 built guys we fucked from the ground up mm-hmm. I, and I feel like we we had this beautiful symbiosis with the fuckers like the, we this podcast grew in a way that we did not foresee we did not predict but it was beyond my wildest dreams I loved the way uh, the arc that guys we fucked has taken came in a little short of my dreams no <laughs> Well, I would expect nothing less. Your <laughs> expectations are very high. Um, shoot for the stars, Karen. Worst case, you land on the goddamn moon. So whatever. Who cares? Um, but I got to say, I feel I'm very proud of us. Mm-hmm. What a badass thing to do. We paid for this special with our money that we earned uh, through doing what we love. And that's a really cool thing. And it's been really cool to be in the editing bunker. You really don't understand fully what goes into a comedy special until you oversee every single goddamn second of the process, especially you, because you are the director of it. Yeah, um, we've had so, and we've had so many like a lot of times people will be like, why haven't you turned guys we fucked into a TV show? Why haven't you done anything on TV it's we've like, tried we've had so many deals that like obviously like I think people don't realize how long it takes to get a television show on you the air you told me getting a TV show on the air is one of the hardest things in the world to do and I was like what is with that attitude Corinne and then we <laughs> tried fast forward seven years later and we're like well this person like this idea so it, I, it like, truly is I know I'm kind of known as the Debbie Downer not surprisingly uh, honest, though. in our group but like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not just like I don't just say it's hard to get a TV show because I like pulled that out of my ass or I don't have faith in us yeah, trying to pop my balloon yeah it's I mean but most of, most of the reason I, I think and know that to be true is from working for years in management when I saw people with much bigger names than us absolutely struggling to get people to even take a meeting with them regarding a TV yeah. show. And so we've had we've had uh, direct to series. We've had all these direct kinds of, to series. It's almost unheard of. We've had we've had relationships with many networks and pilots made and all these kinds of things. And uh, what happens every time is people fuck up our vision and and water. We down. end up with a hot steaming pile of shit. If yeah, we're that being they, quite honest, that they end up rejecting sometimes too, and it's like, wow, the TV industry is so confusing. It's a lot of people trying yeah. to give feedback mm-hmm. that sometimes they're doing it so that they can feel like they're contributing, and that is the enemy of creativity. Yeah, and it was to the point like some some of these things like we didn't even like, not only did we not sound like ourselves, not only <laughs> I we didn't like look like Ramsey. we literally look like Jean Benet Ramsey. <laughs> if we can ever leak this fucking pilot, Christine and I look did. like baby prostitutes. But I, and I, lo- I woke up that morning. Rest I remember peace, Jean Benet. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no the brother did it. No disrespect um, to Jean Benet. That wasn't your doing, no, girlfriend. Ch- Ch- Chad's going to yell at me. I was kidding about the brother. Well, one of my um, fa- also, one of my favorite Kevin Meany jokes uh, is is that <laughs> Jean Benet is that he called that he that that when he had his daughter Kate, who we now know, uh, he, he used to tell people that he named her Jean Benet. <laughs> <just to see. laughs> and then and then he would go, "It's a family name." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, Kevin. No one funnier. God damn. Um, yeah, we we have been through the ringer with television opportunities, and so to pay for something and oversee every ounce, and we. This is one of the things I'm so proud of. We are the ultimate yes. We are the highest up you can get. If we don't approve of it, it doesn't get done. Yeah, we paid for it. We executive produced it. Uh, we we were been in the edit the entire time. 
color and grading it yeah and the, the mix a lot of, if you don't like the mix i gotta say we weren't there for that the yeah. audio mix so apologies that's gabe's <laughs> fault um but every every other aspect of it um to We've literally seen. like creating schedules for the team picking yeah. the team that worked on it picking the At, location yeah figure, you know figuring out like calling people like getting extras pay like just, having fights on why we need to spend several thousand extra dollars to shoot it in salem yes. when we live in the greatest city in the world <laughs> and i said you no, know what? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We're taking this truck and we're driving up to Salem, Massachusetts. You've never sir. lived until you've pitched uh, to have an entire crew go to Salem, Massachusetts to shoot in a small movie theater. <laughs> you've never lived, my friends. It brought Will joy. the electricity go out? Will it not? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, it was extremely rewarding. It was one of the most... That would I, the, just everything we have going on right now is just it's a it's a beautifully challenging like all right let's see what we're made of baby uh, time that I I excited about and uh, it's it's the culmination of all of our blood sweat and tears into this special and I'm really excited and please share it I don't even care if you like it just share it yeah and honestly what I I what I love <laughs> I is that like even it, if you don't like it um, at least you don't like it for exactly who you are you know if, right. you're, if you're gonna hate us hate us hate for exactly who we, who we are not who some network wanted us uh, to be. And again, no Precisely. offers. There were no offers Zero. for the special. No one wanted it. Um, no one wanted to distribute it. So if this seems and brave, we... it's not. It was really a last resort. <laughs> yeah, but you know... <laughs> How beautiful to invest in your in yourself yeah. and bet on yourself. That's what I we am do. the racehorse, and the only racehorse I'll bet on is me. Yeah, it's not like anyone like it's. We we Christine and I have been actively trying to become famous for years. Since, I know. Since it's all we've ever wanted. Honestly, I would interrupt commercials to TV yeah. shows to do performances yeah. uh, for my parents and my brother, Same. and uh, they. And and we kind of just did the same thing with guys we fucked, and like I think that's the only thing that really hit at the level that we wanted it to hit. And the reason a hundred percent is because we were able to uh, authentically be ourselves, talk about what we wanted to talk about. Um, we didn't have to not say certain things so that we could run a fucking ad or so mm-hmm. that uh, some suit could be happy. Yep. Um, and it no really, bowing down to and sponsors. it really shows, and it really shows. And also, shout out to Luminary because that was one of the few uh, big companies that I think we've worked with over the years who really didn't try to change anything about who we are. And so, I do want to give them props for that. They yeah. have nothing to do with the special. But. No, but like, but they they were like, hey, we want to pay you a really great amount of money to keep doing exactly what you're doing and don't like just keep going. And, and they re- like, and they really have stood and they by that it. promise, right. which is nice. Yeah. Um, the last thing a comedian ever wants to hear is someone telling them what they can. And cannot say yeah even you know even if a joke is ha- half developed and they're figuring it out like no one no one wants to hear that and when you do a comedy special that gets distributed by a network you're at risk of having notes and because those those networks have sponsors which it all makes sense but comedy is not about a business decision it's about truth yeah and this is something <laughs> wow that, that was, was really that was deep i like yeah. that <laughs> Well, this is also something we've been fighting for for like almost five years now. And it's now uh, I think we were able to convince our team uh, this year. Uh, number one, because I did make a threat and I said we're doing it with or without you. Um, so number one, make a threat. Shout out. Um, shout out to it threats. Worked. Threatening your team. Um, and then number two, I think... You know, and I would have loved to be more groundbreaking in this, but we also did start to see a lot more uh, of our favorite artists and specifically comedians uh, release their own work because people weren't getting the deals they wanted. Uh, I think comedy networks and and uh, are kind of picking people like 
they think should be comedians yes. rather than people who have put in the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is absolutely a, that's a weird choice, and but so, okay. And so because comedy, stand-up comedy is such a... God, it's such a pure art. I really think it is. Uh, it's so raw and stripped down. Uh, to do it your special yourself is the I think the ideal way. If you if you can be in a position where you can do that, we're the luckiest. Yeah, it's nice to look at your jokes and be like, that's how I tell them in a club. That's how I've told them the past couple of years. This is no matter what. This is like the work I put into it is what I see on the screen. Yeah. Um. And, and I think I love that's that really good. Anybody can watch this for free. Mm-hmm. Like it's nice. I just I well, love yeah, that, that part. And that was not. I mean, that wasn't just like oh, everyone else is doing it. We have to do it. There was a lot of thought that went into it. Uh, it's accessible to everyone. And additionally, you know, we. To stand by our choice to go behind a paywall for Luminary, we're much happier here. I think anyone who pays for this content, yeah, um, you already know, knows the quality and and can hear in our voices uh, that we feel like this is once again a safe space for us um, to talk about our ga- our gaping pussies <laughs> and so big and wide. Um, but we also wanted to make sure that this was something that everyone could have and could have for free. Uh, I still don't believe art should be free, so don't get used to it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, we put an extraordinary amount of not only money, oh, yeah, so uh, but much. work into yes. work and, and love and heart into this. But I think like we love our stand-up so much, and it's such a big part of who we are, and it was it was a part of our lives before Guys We Fucked um, that we really wanted to share that with everyone. So give it a shot. Share it with people. Email it around. Post it on Instagram Play or Twitter. It. In the background, so we can get those numbers up. Yeah, I ain't. I don't care because yeah. I know it's good. I feel great about the product. I'm really, I'm really excited for you guys. To it's see it. really cool. It. It's stand up, and there's extra stuff uh, besides stand up. I think it's like a really uh, beautiful special, and it reflects who we are and the kind of show that you would see if you came to see us live in a comedy club anywhere in the country or the world. And many of you have come to see us live, and um, thanks for being a part of this. We're, yeah. gonna, we're you know, this isn't like a goodbye i hope oh no my god no too many goodbyes it was sounding a little bit like a goodbye no this is just in fact this is such just the beginning but yeah of a wave i think guys we fucked has experienced these waves when you're the host of it you you feel them uh where people tell people and tell people then all of a sudden you walk down the street and everyone's like it's 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 the buzz right of this and then some waves are more like a lake where you go yeah is anyone here yeah and and no the answer is no they're not (laughs) Uh, and then you're like, oh, okay, and and so, but it's and then this, some waves are like a river where everyone steals your idea and says they originate. It's all it's all ups and downs, man. It's all kinds of experiences and, and emotions with it. But I think we're on the precipice of a really beautiful like wave here. I feel it, and, and I'm if excited. not, we can always jump off that precipice and yeah, and kill ourselves. Yeah. So see ya. It'll be your fault if we do. So play that YouTube special in the background while you're working on the Zoom meeting. Okay. Yeah. Love you. It's been fun. So yes, enjoy yeah. our special day. It's on the Guys We Fucked YouTube channel. Right fucking now. Not safe for your youngest cousin, probably. Blast that subscribe button, guys. So if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, you're going to want to do that. YouTube.com slash guys we fucked without the you in fucked. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's all of our social media. We're on TikTok. And if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you will get the special for free because we love you. And Give from us to you. Watch the Dumb Bitch Woo Hour. We're just giving, we're just, we're just, we're at a strip club There's giving everybody so much content for you content. to have. I asked, I asked people, I asked people on my community texting app, I said, what is the thing that you want more 
more of from me in 2022. Top th- two things. Ass. They oh. said stand-up clips, sketches. And oh. guess what? We're just giving you both of those things. Ooh. We're giving you both of those things. Call us Santa because we got we got what you need. And the third thing I asked was written content. And they said, well, not so much of that. We, you know we don't read, Corinne. <laughs> I can't read. Come on, Corinne. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if it's a book on tape. <laughs> Stop posting screenshots of your tweets. You know I can't read. <laughs> Literally, my, my tweets that do the best. They go, if we don't see her, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you going to get a sense of that ass when you're reading tweets? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, now we're going to the in-bag. The in-box, the in-bag. Um, I was trying to make make it like you guys were writing us real letters like Santa, but it's not happening. Dear Corinne and Christina. If you have an issue, you can send us an email at sorryaboutlastnightshow at gmail.com. You know, look it over after you send it in so we don't make fun of you on the air, but here yeah. we go. Yeah, this one's called Pervy PA, uh, and then they put physician's assistant because PA can mean a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, hello, queen bad bitches. 26-year-old loyal fucker of five years here, and I have a story about how I mostly stood up for myself Ooh. in the face of a pervy PA. Might be a bit of a ramp because I want to punch this wretched little troll in the face, <gasps> but I am doing it with my words instead. Way smarter. And that's why women are behind. Yep, um, exactly. I was- <laughs> we got to start punching people in the face. We're in a Chatted world battle, that. a word battle. We got the oil with words. <laughs> um, I went to the Ocean State Urgent Care of Cumberland, Rhode Island. Uh, that's a lot of specificity, so we might have to bleep that out, Chad. Uh, uh, to be seen for symptoms indicating either bacterial vaginosis, mm. STI, yeast infection, or lost tampon. Yummy. Either way, I bet you smelled like fresh flowers. You guys lose them? Yeah, they can get stuck up there. Uh, I've had to have yeah, someone come over and pull me? one out of me. Well, because sometimes you forget you have one in, and then, and you, then have... you put one in, and oh. you're like, uh-oh. I forgot I had or one in, and I put plowed. a dick in. Yeah. yeah, you get plowed when you ha- forget you have one in. Just corked it up And there. then it just... Just yep. sucks it up. Yep, 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 yep. Not great. Very uh, bad. I was pretty sure I had BV, but it was paranoid about my symptoms being caused by a deeply lodged tampon, as I have had scares where I put two tampons <gasps> in at one Girl, time before. Me too. Yeah, there needs to be like a chart or something. I know. Uh, ideally, That's enough. <laughs> ideally, I would have gone to Planned Parenthood, but I would have needed to wait days for an appointment because of my work schedule. Also, I only went here because it was close to my sister's apartment and I was babysitting my nephew. Hey, come on, get in the car. Come on, nephew. Aunt, auntie has a tampon. Yeah. <laughs> you ever shoved two tampons in your pussy by accident? Well, it doesn't matter. Come with me. I immediately got bad vibes from this dingy ass place, but Ooh. I will skip the, to the meat of this email. Please do. The sexual harassment of it all. There's the meat. The PA I was examined by made the following inappropriate comments. Uh, number one, when taking my temperature, you know the most accurate form of taking a temperature, right? But I won't do that to you. It's it's rectally for any fuckers who don't know. Wow. I did know that. Gee, thanks, mister. You were threatening to put it up my butt. What and then you took it line. back like a real gentleman. Oh, God. Oh, what a horrible, awful, stupid thing to say. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people who think they should be comedians and they so, shouldn't. I smell a piece of shit. Uh, two, have you been doing any binge drinking lately? That's usually what leads to a lost tampon. How the fuck you know? I'm assuming this is a guy? Um... Because yeah. when it's a woman, they're not pervy. I mean, that's not sexual harassment. That's just kind of like an odd thing to it's say. It's just a stupid thing to say. Uh, yeah. And then number three, to the female nurse, CNA, medical assistant who tri- triaged me yeah. uh, while outside of the exam room I was in uh, and within my earshot and others, what do I even use to get it out? <laughs> and if I have to deal with this, so do you. <gasps> <laughs> Guess I mean, what? She didn't stand up for her fellow woman. Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> 
I'm not defending her, but I will say that I think that's more We've all like had bad days at work. Yeah, I think that's more just like at a certain point, if every day a lot of girls are coming in with, with and that with a stuck yeah, tampon, yeah. you just get tired. Yeah, yeah. You know, these fingers are made for a lot of things, and fishing yeah. tampons out doesn't want to be a regular activity. You know, I think they just get tired. Yeah. And then number four, when I confront him, confronted him about the previous comment, I just said that he goes, "I just said that to her because if I am going to do something like this, I need a chaperone." Okay, he's not wrong. Right, he, he is I mean, correct. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't. I don't know that I would call it a chaperone. Yeah, that he uses weird words. Who is this guy? I don't know, but he, it's like Danny DeVito. Yeah, his comments made me extremely uncomfortable. Were incredibly unprofessional. For that's for sure. Violated HIPAA and constitute sexual harassment. Basically, after all those gross comments, I still let, let him put a speculum inside me and swab the inside of my pussy. I am disappointed with myself for not leaving as soon as I heard him talking outside of the exam hey, room. Sometimes something bad happens to you, and you stay at the appointment, and then you realize it's okay. It all happens. Yeah, sometimes time is of the essence. You didn't know if you're going to lose your leg to that tampon. True. Um, but I am still a bit of a dumb bitch and I knew I would lose a thousand dollars of overtime bonuses if I called out of work to go to Planned Parenthood or my PCP the next day. I am a CNA at a hospital uh, so they are offering crazy overtime right now but you have to show up to every shift or you lose any bonuses you have already earned that pay period. But I am proud of sticking up for myself as soon as I knew there wasn't a tampon stuck in me. Once he finished his exam I told him I heard you talking outside the exam room and it was incredibly unprofessional. Uh, This is the worth worst healthcare experience I have ever had in my life. I am so happy I don't live anywhere near here, so I never have to come here again. I would much rather be at a Planned Parenthood. You did a terrible job of making me feel comfortable. My response when he said he tries to make his patients comfortable, laughing my fucking ass off. Uh, And I very much did not accept his many apologies. I also filed a complaint with the uh, Rhode Island State Licensing Board and left a bad Google review. That's always my favorite when like a doctor's office has bad reviews. (laughs) Well, if if, if the doc, I should have left a Google review on that one guy to touch my titties. Yeah. Uh, But because that's where I would go to like if someone's being a perv, a lot of times you can't get justice legally. So you just leave a bad Google review. Yeah. You go, this guy touched my knockers. Yeah. Um, Thank you both for being amazing examples of self-confidence growth and what a strong badass independent woman looks like hope to see you guys in the boston area soon thank you yeah well sorry that happened but i'm glad that you didn't have a tampon lodged up there so that's good news yeah Yeah. oh boy i've had that before it just comes out naturally i think i have a story like semi-relevant here I, I oh, just, have you had I'm, a tampon lodged up your vagina? No, but I've had an STD before. You have? Yeah. Which and one? I, uh, chlamydia. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh what did vintage. that feel like? Not very good. Itchy? Uh, yeah, just, and it just Your gross. dick or your balls or your taint or all of it? No, it's, so it's like, I, I don't, I've never had gonorrhea, but I can't imagine they're, they feel much different because they're, it hurts like the, I think it kind of feels a lot like a UTI, I would think. For like, like it hurts when you pee and it hurts you kind of can't really sit down right and you feel like you have a fever? Yeah, you kind of, yeah. At first when you have it, yeah, you feel like you have a, a little bit, you feel a little sick and then yeah. you're, you're just, your dick just hurts and then it just Your like, whole dick hurts? Like your- Do the balls hurt? Your balls don't hurt, but, <laughs> but like the whole your, dick. Yeah. This is a medical show, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like your the, Christina the learns about you, the penis. <laughs> your urethra, the the yeah. shit that you piss out of hurts. and come out of. And That's what this doctor would have called it. The yeah. shit that you piss out of. Oh yeah, you're just pissing out of that fucking tube. <laughs> you know where you should really be pissing, huh? My but, chest. What? <laughs> <laughs> but it hurts, and then you also it like you have a like a drip. 
it's disgusting. Like you wake up in the morning and like it just like can't imagine the, what it would be like to have something secreting from my cavities. Where I leaky but it's like FBI. it's like green. It's it, disgusting. Green? It's like yeah, it's like pus. Green? Cut, 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 it's, cut, so gross. Green. it's so gross. So, but I would si- be like, it's slime, girl. The, the situ- <laughs> Did you get gas, it's girl? Slime. Did you fuck Mike Coscarelli? <laughs> is it ecto cooler? Uh, Ooh, there is disgusting. <laughs> there is um. So part of the problem was so like it was when I was coming out of my my last relationship. Oh. There there was it was like a trial period. We were trying to figure out if we would be if your dick works with other women. Yeah, kind of. Like yeah. if, you, if you if I wanted if Did sleeping it? with other women was like the thing that I wanted, you know, right. in my life. So I went and I slept with somebody and I got chlamydia. And then <gasps> Damn. Don't we you were that? trying to figure out you, if did we Did you were use gonna... a condom? I did and I still got it. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Uh, but so what happened was I went to the doctor and originally they, he the it was an urgent care and the guy was just like, this is a piece of cake. It's chlamydia, like whatever. <laughs> ah, it's easy. It's yeah. chlamydia. Everybody, I've seen this one in my own house. Yeah, this <laughs> piece of cake. They just give you like a pill and it's supposed to clear it up. And he's like, pill cleared up like a couple days just don't have sex for like a week or whatever and i was like okay great no problem and it went away for a couple days oh, oh no and then after the like it was like a boomerang back. it's a boomerang couple, boomerang chlamydia. couple weeks later it starts uh, stripping again oh no yeah so i had to go back oh. to the i had to go back to the urgent care and i went back to the same it was the same doctor oh god and that's when the guy started being a judgmental like prick and mm-hmm. was asking me like he kept insisting that i was like i was sleeping with my ex and like we were kicking it back and forth to each other uh, that i was but like, you had not had sex since you'd last seen the doctor. I, I hadn't had sex with. Uh, no, we had also. Not had how sex. do you know so much about your relationship? I know status. that's really weird. I mean, if he knew anything about our relationship status, he would have known that we were not having sex. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, Zing. he's like, he's like, you you keep sleeping with her, and you guys keep giving it to each other. I was like, no, dude, that's not what I'm happening. I'm not sleeping <laughs> with her, doc. Okay, yeah. trust me, I would know. Yeah, I was like, that's not the situation. It's right. just come back, but it like in a situation like that, the doctor's not supposed to like grill you, you on your fucking lifestyle like, yeah what's for going sure on? he's just supposed to be like let's figure out how to clean up this disgusting <laughs> chlamydia this disgusting clean up coming out of your cock yeah you know? Ugh, green it's really gross. like you had a runny nose but your dick <laughs> yeah that's kind of how it what it feels like Ew. A little bit. it's really it's almost like when like a cut on your finger or your gets, arm or something gets infected uh, and it's like it's like that coming out it's so disgusting and then the balls you just didn't feel anything in your balls i mean maybe for just like a day or two they kind of like like hurt a little bit but that's not the main thing so if you weren't passing it back and forth then why did it come back why did it boom it was was just like a really strong strain of chlamydia yeah and and just it's just just so much dick yeah (laughs) it was circling through the whole penis yeah it was it was another room it was it was hiding hiding in the other room you would think it's a dick like this microphone a dick this big and strong could click kick chlamydia (laughs) the first time around but alas (laughs) it's like people you ring the bell like a cancer patient yeah 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 oh but I mean, the guy made me extremely uncomfortable because it's like it's almost like he wasn't believing me. He probably right. saw Mostly your dick woman. and then felt emasculated. Right, and he was I like, "That hog, yeah, you that... obviously are a whore." He was like, "I have welcome <laughs> to being a woman, but only one one thousandth of it." Yeah, he was like, right. "I have a clit in comparison right. to this fucking hog." Well, yeah, I mean, listen. <laughs> How big is it? Is it bigger than this microphone? It's not wider than. Sorry, I don't. So, I mean, sorry. It's I just not, saw a photo. It's wider. So. That's a problem. I mean, that's it's not, it's not wider. wider than the microphone. No, that no, would no, be no. no. This, this would be unpleasant. Yeah. For, even for me, mm. I'd just be like, oh god, this Ryan fucking Driller's hog is in the way again. I could say that because he 
the porn star. It was so. as big as the microphone. Yeah, it's pretty fucking. I mean, I I was on the ver. I thought a cyst was gonna burst on my ovary when I was having sex with him, but I was like, I just maneuvered it a little. bit. His is fucking huge. I mean, you could see it online. Um, because he does porn. That's just too thick. It was Write big. that on a post-it. Wait, Ryan Driller's dick. It's just too huh. thick. I, I can't get my mouth around. It. I I remember having a hard time getting my <laughs> mouth around it. Yeah, and I was like, uh, in the winter you find this this part tearing, holding on for dear life. Oh no! I'm not trying to Heath Ledger my face, giving you a blowjob. Yeah, yeah. Well, Workplace long story hazards. short, uh, very uncomfortable at the doctor's office, and the guy was being. A real Did you asshole. say anything to him? Did you stand up for yourself? I just kept saying like like no, dude. Like that's not the situation. Like I'm telling you, I'm not. I have not spread this thing. Yeah, it sucks when like, people don't believe you when you're there yeah. to get help and you know that you're not lying. But, you know, I, it, it's like it's it's the same as in relationships when we're constantly paying for other people's missteps. So it's like so many people feel shame and so many people are lying to doctor's office that I think they just start assuming that everyone is lying. Right. So it's like when you tell the truth, if it, it feels like a lie still. And yeah. it sucks. Yeah. It fucking That's what it's come to. Yeah. 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 My heart goes out to this girl. Yeah. Oh. One long. Well, hey, but you did the. Hey, loyal fucker, you did the right thing. You reported him. You, 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 and you had the wherewithal to, to say something to him. Which a lot of times people are kind of in shock, or even if it's like a remark that they just didn't expect, it's it's shocking. So I'm glad. I'm glad. Thanks for for writing us and uh, uh, telling us a story where it's nice to hear that you said something to him. People, people, keeping it too loosey goosey in the fucking workplace. Yeah. Says us. Well, we're comedians. <laughs> yeah, I know. We have fun for a living. Listen, I will keep it close. That's why, you know, you only hire someone who you have a lot of dirt on so that they, yeah. they can't turn on you. What's the dirt? He's got Likewise. a huge wang. <laughs> That's why I like working here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jersey Strong. I think he's the prettiest girls in New York. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Getting stuff off your chest is incredible. It's so therapeutic. We all carry around different stressors. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. A lot of them are very big. Uh, But we keep them bottled up, and it could start affecting us negatively. And then we act like a jerk to the people we love. And we're like, this is not how I want to be. Therapy has saved my life personally. There are so many benefits of it. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Although if you have experienced major trauma, highly recommend. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designated to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you could switch at any time. Finding a therapist is like dating. They're not all going to work out in the first try. BetterHelp understands that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash guys to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash guys. Guys, the weather's getting warmer. It's time to say goodbye to your jackets and all your sweaters. And you got to refresh your wardrobe. Well, luckily... I found Quince, and now you have too, because you're listening to this. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you go to their website, the amount of categories, they have travel, lookbooks, men, women, home, babies, and kids – Their stuff is so cute. So I own a couple items from Quince, and one of them is the Italian leather hand-woven crossbody purse in green, emerald, and I get compliments on it all the time. It's a small purse, which I really love because then I don't put as many things in it. Um, Guys, Quince is amazing. They have very luxury items for very cheap prices. Get warm weather ready, baby, with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash GWF. 
for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash G-W-F to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash G-W-F. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, come see us live, motherfuckers. Uh, New Jersey, where you at? I'm headlining Bananas Comedy Club in Hasbro Heights, February 25th and the 26th with Justin Silver featuring Portland, Oregon. I'm going to be at Helium March 3rd through the 5th. And Baltimore, Maryland, your girl going to be at Magoobies, March 24th through the 26th. And uh, The Voices in Our Head is still a solo podcast that I have that's going on on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson. I got a lot of crazy weird shit. We do group therapy and I show you video. I'm kind of like it's my Patreon I'm turning into an OnlyFans but for my soul. So you're not going to see my pussy, but you will see very intimate emotional videos. Um, so so it's more like a woman's channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought there was more. No, that's and it. Then for me, and then for me, as I mentioned uh, last week, who knows on what podcast, but uh, I'm taking a little bit of a break from touring stand-up-wise for a couple months because I want to write a bunch of new material because I burned a lot of it in a special that you will see on February 14th. Uh, but starting uh, in April, I'll be in Fort Collins, Colorado at the Comedy Fort. That's April 15th and 16th. You know I love you, Colorado. I'm coming for you. I've never played that venue before, so I'm excited to play that one. And then, of course, you can hear me and Shane Smith on Without a Country. Uh, Tuesdays, if you want to watch us live stream on Gas Digital, you can do that. But otherwise, it's uh, every Saturday it drops on all platforms, including full video on YouTube. And like I said, this is if this is the year that your New Year's resolution was like, I want to be a more active citizen, but you don't want to feel that burden of being an active citizen because it is a fucking burden. That's why people don't do it. It's a fucking feels like a burden. What are you talking about, Corinne? It's um, fun and easy. Yeah, I highly recommend. I mean, it is my own podcast, but I really do believe in it. And, and people really love the podcast. Uh, so without a country, we give you the news uh, and some critical thinking skills, but also uh, some laughs for sure. So check that out. And if you haven't rated and reviewed Guys We Fucked on the iTunes podcast app, can you do it? Thanks. We want to stay in the top 200 and we want to, you know, we want to get to everybody because I think we have a lot to offer. No, I know we have a lot to offer. Yes. Um, You can also watch the Dumb Bitch Woo Woo Hour, like we said earlier on our YouTube, and there's many ways to connect with us. So make sure to do those. We love you. Thank you so much. Mm. How you doing? Um, oh, not great. Just very, very bad, I would say. In yeah. Fact. yeah. But yeah. it's okay. There's, yeah. You know, just, I mean, really, 
<laughs> I always say my uh, like my apartment is messy, but like it's you know I have a lofted bedroom, so you can like it's kind of interesting to be able to stand up and look down at the chaos that you have created um, <laughs> in your life. And then it snowed in New York this week, so there's dog and human footprints just all over because I have a black floor, guys. Of course I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can really see every you can really see remnants of anything. No murder though. There can't uh, there would never be a, a murder because I would never find all the places that the blood was because of the black floor so i think it's a safe space Ooh, for men to come in cute um yeah but no it's uh pro- pro- you know some of the worst days of my life hey guys <laughs> is, oh, is should that be uh I, that that sounds like a that's like a, if i did a, a soap opera it would be called the, the worst. worst days of our lives <laughs> and it would just but it would only be like a minute long and the sound, like, the, this the, fucking sucks and the, i hate you the yeah. sand in the hourglass wouldn't be pouring down it would just be empty yeah yeah no sand <laughs> no the sand would be like on the other side of the glass yeah no I, honestly thank god for gil it reminds me of like the saddest I ever was in high school when all I would do um, when in school was like just think about going home and microwaving a Stouffer's macaroni and cheese and watching oh, Stick Stickly on oh Nick God. in the Afternoon. Like, I love Stick Stickly. There's always like something like and I've talked about this like giving you guys advice before like um, when things are really bad overall giving you yourself this little thing to look forward to. So right now. Like TV has, I'm not a big TV person, but in times of um, uh, turmoil, I really find TV to be very comforting and very helpful. And also, it's like not it's like a hug. It's not really something very bad for you, um, unless you do it all weekend, which I I do sometimes. Um, but like no, I'm I masturbate. Very invested in the world of Gilmore Girls before because I remember I thought oh, yeah. back to high Fucking school when show. there was a particularly p- hard time. In high school, when I just like I wanted, I needed to leave New Jersey. I needed to come and start my life in the city. But I was like a junior in high school, so it wasn't time yet because I had to graduate. Um, and I remember Gilmore Girls came out, and I was so fucking connected to that show, and I loved it. It was like this amazing thing every Thursday, which was like the, the perfect day because you're like, okay, you only have one more day to get there, like yeah. you just one more day. Um, and so I decided to rewatch Gilmore Girls, and whew. I mean, number one, anytime I tweet about it, just people come out of the fucking woodwork because people love this show. Yeah, it's a fantastic show. Paris went to my high school. Oh, I love her. I have a quote of uh, of hers on my um, Twitter bio right now that says, tie your tubes, idiot. Like, I love her. (laughs) She just really encompasses everything I love about humanity. Also, Alexis Bledel, very early crush for young Mike Cosperelli. She's beautiful, Mm, tender, thin. Beautiful eyes. A lot of clavicle, exactly what I would expect from you. Um, Needs help caring things whiny <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love it though but it's so interesting because so many like moments remind me of things that we've talked about on this show and just like uh, the behavior I'm only in I guess it was season four so we're she it's, we haven't gone to Logan yet guys stop fucking oh, talk, stop talking to me about Logan but it's so weird I masturbated that show so much number one I watched the whole series when I was young and like I don't remember so much of it. Like, I remember the characters, but, like, I'm just watching, like, episode after episode. I'm like, I don't remember any of these plot points. And it's like... Oh, really? Is that fucking normal to have... That's a lot of dialogue. That's yeah. dialogue heavy. Not it's like remember? Aaron, it's chick a Aaron Sorkin. Show. That show is on for a long time. I know, but, a lot like, of stuff has happened in your life since you first watched it. It's so. just so weird to me that you could have such an intense uh, connection with a piece of art or media and then absolutely because I always wonder when people say oh I just reread that book or I rewatched that movie to me I'm like what the fuck are you rewatching like but like no recollection it's like I'm watching it for the first time the only difference is I know the characters that's it isn't that a good thing though not for my to, memory, it's scary. But, no, yeah, but, I, but I would be more scared if you you remembered it all. But like, yeah. I don't remember like 
anything. Oh. I don't remember well, grief any fucks of with your these, memory. But it's is like it, in that it's, way, it has to be beyond that. My memory is bad right now, and people have suggested grief brain. I go, that doesn't wipe out an entire one of your favorite TV shows of all time. That's for cr- Corinne Fisher. That's man. crazy. Because you're a pop culture guy. It's crazy. Um, yeah. I don't know. I kind of get this with Frasier. Frasier is one of my favorite shows, and I haven't rewatched it in a while. I'm like, every time someone, not that it happens often, but like someone brings up a Frasier thing, and I'm like, yeah, when I you're, forgot. Oh, yeah. The cool that's right. Club. Who? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, da- I'm kind of seeing a girl right now that's very into Frasier. Oh, who, Jesus Oh, wow. Christ. That's your soulmate. Yeah. So it co- yeah, Lord right. Almighty. And it comes up every Two now and then. Two elderly people like, in the body yeah. of some early 30-somethings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Special breed, me. you guys. This one's a contender. <laughs> For that reason. <laughs> you could have been a contender. <laughs> um, you make a good bone, though. Yeah, so mostly I just want I, I just want to thank Gilmore Girls. So I want to thank Lori, uh, Rory and Lorelai for really getting me getting me through this. But it's like it's it's an obsession. Like literally I'm sitting here all day and I'm like I'm like fiending. I'm like, I can't wait home to get home and watch Gilmore Girls. Like that's mm. the only thing that's important to me right now. Yeah. Like that's all I care about. I yeah. go, Oh, I just gotta get through this day so I can watch yes. another episode of Gilmore Girls. Yes. And that's been important. I mean, you know, my crazy ex-girlfriend was before this. And mm-hmm. it was so helpful that I was like, I need to continue doing this because otherwise Good. it's going to be a fucking nightmare. Oh, my God. Television <laughs> ugh, television could be a companion, man. It could be a, a mm-hmm. hug. And it's unbo- like it's not it's not personal. It's not like you just get to like dive into the lives of other characters and you just get to be lost in their world. Oh, and yeah. Andy beautiful. Warhol was very obsessed with TV. He's like, mm, he's like, who even needs friends anymore? And I was like, this is my guy. <laughs> This is Did my you guy. know? I went. I saw an exhibit with the Brooklyn Museum, uh, Andy Warhol exhibit, and there was this. There was this. The chick who shot him mm-hmm. was like a crazy feminist chick who yep. was like cut the dicks off of all men. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. she had a manifesto. I was like, oh god damn. Yeah, feminism has gone through uh, some arcs. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I did know that. I know the whole story. I know, you know, like, like I like to talk about how like the Petco uh, over the Petco in Union Square was like one of his old um, oh, studios. Yeah. yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, and there was like pictures of his wounds after he got like sewed up all, all the surgery he had to have after he got shot. Oh, yeah. He, he said it was Whew. so painful. He wished he died. Yeah. Yeah. And then he did not that long ago. Or not, not long well, after. Yeah, there was like complications and all this thing. But yeah, it, it, it did not end well. But uh, yeah, uh, Valerie Solanus. Yeah, uh, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Shout out. Original. Shout out. <laughs> You're, girl, you, as we would say on Without a Country. Girl boss. Oh, God. <laughs> Every time. We, the original girl boss on Without a Country was Casey Anthony. <laughs> Because you know, I, I, one of my goals in life is to play her, even though my manager continually tell, tells me I'm too old for the role. And I said, uh, with that attitude, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seems like you're trying to stop a dream here. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were trying to manage one, Christopher. <laughs> what are you, my guidance counselor? <laughs> Come on. That's oh, fun. Man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm just staring out the window and you enjoying know. your new place. Yeah, I'm working out a lot. I'm trying to be physical. I do not have a television because um, I want to. Uh, I got a couch today, though. It's nice to have a place to sit in. Mm, your home. What color is it? Ooh, it's it's gray nice mm-hmm. and it's pretty you know it feels nice um <laughs> it's a little and i and i i downloaded bumble um and i went on it and then i do this thing and, and i'm just i'm just curiously observing myself that's all i'm not but uh i do this thing where i'm like i'm gonna pay to get my thing boosted and then i don't fucking go on the app or like i'll match with somebody and then i'll never message them it's like i it's like i do this and mm. then i run away welcome to my life but that's also you how don't run away though you go on dates no, that's what bumble is though yeah the bumble dating is, is matching with girls and, never and i can't tell them like you. then maybe the apps are not for me is that like i'm trying to force a, a square peg into a round there's hole. something about the apps that like 
uh, that like just feel very gamey because I would love being on them and then I also would never go on any of the yeah, dates. I yeah. think it's like I mean part of it might be like biologically like women were just not set up to make the first move mm-hmm. because like when people were really like I don't want to say aggressive, but when they were like really seemed to give a shit and message me, even if I wasn't that attracted to them, I would be like, oh, okay, I'll respond to this guy. Like, I'm just, I'm, I would never leave people hanging just out of like pure human decency. Right. Yeah, but I guess that like define the first move. Because that's the thing. All right. You say hi with the well, wave Bumble, emoji. You can't. Yeah, I, I just know, say hi. I just say hi move. so that they can start the conversation. Someone, Isn't the actual first move the match? Uh, yeah, but you're but, both but, doing it. Yeah, so I we won't get mad. I won't get matched with a guy unless he, if I like him, he's got to like me back I, if we yeah, get matched. But oh. I'm saying like, in, like if that was if that was two people at a bar, like in theory, the 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 attraction is sort of uh, established by just the match in and of itself. So why wouldn't a girl just like, all right, you don't want to make the first move? Send a fucking smiley face or something just so the match doesn't expire. Right, I know the that's the thing. The match just... expires and I'm right. like, you guys, I'm not good with deadlines. They make me they right. make me underfunction because well, yeah. then I get yeah. so stressed out. Well, that's why I, I never signed up for Bumble is to, answer, yeah. is to answer your question. Well, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because like, there's like a not rest- doing this. There's yeah. a restlessness within me and I'm like, what is it? I'm so curious. Like I go on these apps, I'll pay to get the boost and then I never check them. I don't even check them. Is it? Is it? You, you just want like the adoration and the and the, and knowing that you're attractive. You don't actually want to go and meet these fuck. people. I know, but it seems like you want to fuck people that you meet. In the, it seems like it's just not under the circumstances that you want it to be under. And like the one thing about you is like Christina does what Christina wants to do. So. You know, see, she's smiling because she knows. And so, like, if everyone you, said that to me that I've ever met, so you can fucking well, it's important. You need to know that. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, no, it's it's just well, it's so important tr- for everyone so to know because you go, okay, well, this is just like it's like if you're writing like a character, like something about <laughs> yeah. a character, you go, this this is this is I just see what about I want to see and I hear what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, and so and so it's like if it's like this is not the circumstances you want it to happen under. So yeah. you're like, well, I'll control it, and then it won't happen under those circumstances. But I'm still like putting myself out there and like and also right. like getting that. Extra, like it is kind of it's like going can, out in the wild. Yeah, man. you can use it as like a little bit of a cheerleader for yourself without, you mm-hmm. know, that's, and yeah, it's not super destructive because it's like, especially when you're going out into dating after like a longer time, like it is, it feels nice to have hot people be like, I think you're hot too. Yeah, it's I nice. Love, I, you know what I wish? Do you know what I wish? Because I, I get in my head about it and then I think too much and whatever. I wish, I mean, I guess this is exactly what a matchmaker does. I want somebody else to set me up on the dates and say, okay, I can do Thursdays at eight. I want to meet a guy, you know what I mean? And I just want to show up and then see what happens. Well, there, there, there are matchmakers in New York, so... Yeah, maybe I'll hire one. I gotta, I yeah. gotta, I gotta chill on spending all the money. Uh, but maybe I, will. I know one actually a good one I can recommend privately. Oh, okay, but oh, I, yeah. that I haven't used, but I've I heard that. good things from people I trust. Yeah, because then there's somebody going, "Who are you?" And then someone going, "Who are you?" Okay, and then yeah, you know what? I think you guys are a good match. And if you're a matchmaker, that I assume that means you have the talent. Yeah. So uh, it's so funny because I have I I never have had any interest because I've just never wanted a relationship bad <laughs> enough to put any money or time into it. And it shows. It's the it shows well, in the you work. You have relationships. Yeah, money but it shows or that time. There's it shows it shows they're sloppy. Right? Why would you say so money or time? Yeah. And so and so I'm I was always so curious who someone would pick for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was just so curious because I was like, this could be like a really bad mirror. <laughs> which, know? In which case, that's hilarious. Just so like, honestly, you can't lose. A monster. People always like send me like... um 
unattractive uh, people. Oh, no. No, but I know it's because they have a great personality and they okay. think that I'm um, uh, self-actualized uh, enough to see past that. And I am not. Um, <laughs> so I just want to let everyone know. I got eyes. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Uh, maybe one day. I'm still dating for the big cock and the, the pecs. Yeah, I'm still dating for looks and maybe one day I'll be there, but I'm not. I don't Treat know. yourself. I have dated for not looks in the past. I mean, I've I always I've thought. I've ever dated for looks. I've always thought my boyfriends were hot to me. I've never yeah. dated someone I thought was not hot, but yeah, I don't think I society have certainly thought it. They were yeah. <laughs> so, and they weren't shy about it. Um, <laughs> what, yeah. do you, what are you, what you making sounds over there? No, nothing at all. I actually had. I wanted to ask you guys about this, perhaps on the the next intro. But I have a similar dilemma about uh, a, this. We'll talk about it. No, he's dating a he's real it? Monet. Uh, it, it's a teaser. Okay. No, 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 but. It's a tease. Okay. It's a tease. Ooh, you got to stay tuned, y'all. And I, yeah, I have, a, I have one thing I want to, I'll talk about in the next intro, too. Okay, yeah. Um, there's, it's just kind of separate, but not. But um, yeah, so I'm just looking at flowers and, you know, staring at the sky, which is great. Um, yeah, new space. It should have a new invigorating feeling. It, it, and it does. It's a, My you God. literally I feel like seem it, different. Yes, I feel like I'm in love. Yeah, like, uh, like you seem better. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. I am. Uh, and it's the apartment. I mean, I'm just in love with the apartment and the and the the space that I've created. Uh, and it feels like you, you know when you're falling for somebody and you're not used to dating somebody and you you know you're doing your daily you're going about your work and your business and you go oh my god I have this at home like I have this thing like you re remember that you have this and you get so excited that's how I feel more girl that's how I feel about my apartment right yeah. <laughs> I was like, I've never felt that way about a man, but I have felt that way about Breaking Bad and Gilmore Ooh, Girls. Ooh, great show. And Crazy great Ex-Girlfriend. Great shows. All great shows. <laughs> and I feel that way about my home. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe my love right now is my home. And myself, obviously. But always. That's always. Yeah. Ugh, a new home. Mm, I remember. I, I, there was a long I've period a of time when, so I, when I bought my place that I would cry every time I walked in because I was so happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what happens yeah. every day. I wake up and I'm like, oh, fuck off with that view. Like, just, it's the best. It's so, it's so beautiful. You've been wanting a view for years. You came, you came I, up, I remember it. you coming up to my apartment in Harlem just because you heard I had a view and yeah. you wanted to look out it the window. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It was it beautiful. Was. That's a good view. I missed It was yeah. such a good view and you could see for miles and miles and that's my I mean sitting in a bed see, being able to see for miles and I see six bridges from my bed oh and I love oh, bridges wow. um, that's so a lot yeah. of bridges yeah so I feel like just like a little kid in that way that's just nice like enjoying my new set of Legos but it's a hat but it's a apartment enjoy it feel your body yeah now this week's guest oh my gosh I'm so excited to have her on uh, this is a woman that I've been seeing uh, for about six months now um and you're going to hear about what she does. It's alternative healing. Uh, she is a, she's the founder of the Art of Alignment Academy, and she is a mind-body alignment specialist. And I'm so excited for you to hear some of her wisdom. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Anne-Marie Duchenne. Stay on the Thank you. 
Okay, we are here with Anne-Marie Duchesne. Oh, I said it right? You did, you okay, did. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, and That's why I was confused. I was like, but wait, you know each other. Yeah, I just thought I don't call oh. her by her last name. Okay, okay. It's informal. I've cried on her massage therapy table many times. Right. Um, so before we get into your background, just to give everybody and, and Corinne and, and everyone uh, how, how I know you, I was in I'm into many authors I'm always discovering you know self-help books and uh, Louise Hay specifically mentioned Heller work and on a whim I this is kind of how I operate in my life all of a sudden I just paused the audiobook that was like the fourth time I heard Heller work I paused it and I said Heller work New York City and I found you uh, in Midtown close to where I live and I was like I don't even know what this is but I want to do it and so we started working together could you describe what Heller work is for, for everybody who doesn't know. Yeah. Mostly me. Yeah. Because sure. uh, well, I describe it as crying people. on the table. But it's, it's, <laughs> I've heard her talk about it, but yeah, I need to understand <clears throat> it better. Me. Yeah. Um, so Heller work structural integration is a specific type of body work manipulation. So it's a technique um, derived from structural integration. I'll share about that a little bit more in a minute. But Heller work specifically really addresses body alignment through this specific type of manipulation and also integrates a thematic dialogue during the body work. So the intention with Heller work is to actually connect to the places in the body that might have uh, something to say. Right. So trauma. Stored trauma. Mm-hmm, stored trauma. Um, and uh, very surprisingly, uh, almost every session, the body has something to say. Mm-hmm. It's like an exorcism of sorts. And it, and it seems like you get out these old emotions that talk therapy, because I talk all day, all night, talk therapy, talk to friends, talk, to talk, talk, talk. And it's exhausting, frankly. I'm sick of my own voice. But Heller work, I, I was looking for something to kind of scrape the crevices mm-hmm. out, you mm-hmm. know, and really clean up because I was going through a spiritual awakening, which felt terrible the whole time. But uh, I was like, I miss something and I feel like like she'll like I'll get on a massage table and then she'll uh, Emery will manipulate my body and I remember one session I just started bawling but it was so interesting because I wasn't sad Mm -hmm. it just like came out I'm like what the hell is that so yeah it's uh, I love talking but this gets beyond the talking yes because um, it's not massage so just to be really clear structural integration actually is derived from uh Dr. Ida Rolf. Mm -hmm. So some of you and some of your um, audience members might have heard of Rolfing. And Rolfing is a body manipulation technique that has had in the past a pretty intense um, um, reputation Mm -hmm. as being really uh, intense. We uh, intense and also painful. Okay. And so over the years, the the way that Heller work, for example. So Heller work, just to be clear, is derived from Joseph Heller. Mm-hmm. So Joseph Heller was my teacher. He was also Dr. Ida Rolf's right-hand man at the Rolf Institute for some time. And Dr. Rolf is the one who came up with the body work, with the manipulation. Ah. So it is her genius that has been expanded into different schools of structural integration. I happened to study Heller work because I was really interested in the mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, uh, partly because of my background um, in spirituality and the way that I was raised, uh, shamanism, I really focus on inviting the spirit uh, beyond the trauma and the pain to arise. And so this is why as you release your tension and, you know, a lot of the time you have no idea, like I'll be working with people, um, you know, a lot in the glute area around the Mm -hmm. hips, right? Mm -hmm. Specific parts of the body where... 
people are like, oh, whoa, I had no idea that this was so so tight or what's going on there. And all of a sudden, people will either cough or cry or spit. Spit. Yeah, I've had a lot. So a lot of... um, uh, so the other thing that I do is I work with the viscera, meaning your, the organs of the body. Mm. So we work into, you know, the liver, um, the duodenum, like different parts. Duodenum? Yeah, the What's duodenum. What's that? <laughs> Sounds like a Harry Potter character. <laughs> so uh, the visceral, the, the body, the viscera, right? What's in our, our uh, abdomen mm-hmm. is encased into a large sack of connective tissue. And every organ in your body has its own sac. So there's all these organs in their own sac put into a larger sac. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like a baby, like the way that a baby's in a sac? Exactly. Okay. Um, but then you have your other organs that have their own kind of real estate inside oh. of your body, you see? Yeah, yeah. And so how that works is that um, each of them have their own rhythm in the body. So your liver has a different rhythm than your heart, than your stomach, um, than your ascending colon, descending colon, your sigmoid colon. And so it's an, a magnificent orchestration this is divine like for me when i did my first dissection when i went inside the human form oh like with like knives and stuff knives and stuff oh wow full-on cadaver nice full-on cadaver dissection (laughs) however uh the distinction with the dissections that i've done and i studied with gil headley and he's incredible so okay i gotta write that yeah you go i'll remember that for later right i mean (laughs) this guy um amazing man and i did several dissections with him and what what happened though when i went into my first dissection was the first time that i understood why people believed in god Mm. Whoa. Because when I saw that, Mm -hmm. I myself was not inclined necessarily to a God-like conversation. Sure. Certainly spiritual. Um, But God to me was too much around patriarchy and the look of this older man with white hair. So I kind of put that aside. And then when I went into the human form and understood the magic and the mystery and I mean, it could only, we can only come from divine source, from divine grace, from the mystery. Mm -hmm. There's so much our body does without us uh, intentionally doing it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, where is that come? Where is, who's doing it? Like, is there batteries? Like what, you know, like, I I think I was said to this to you a while ago, like when a woman is pregnant and a baby is developing, she doesn't sit there and think of, let me build the lungs now. Let me get the kids to my, that just happens. Like that's so... That's so fascinating. So so seeing how the human organs kind of work together and were its own like perfect system. Exactly. Is what got you into. Well, actually, no. The reason I got into God. that. Actually, hella work came to me. I was um, working as a dance specialist, artistic talent scout for Cirque du Soleil for several years. And then um, one of my girlfriends, another bruja witch, uh, you know, from, from my circles uh, from Chile, she offered me a gift certificate to go get a Hello Work session. Oh. Now, even though my background is, I uh, was a performer when I first came to New York, dance and did a lot of martial arts and combat sports. Um, and uh, I never really um, got into body work. Mm-hmm. Like I was never really interested in um, uh, having people touch me because my upbringing, I was brought up in uh, an ashram-like environment. Okay. And I was taught from a very young age to be mindful of people's energy. And so that's something that's... In a stuck- good way or in a bad Like too, too well, much? Like bo- a wall? Both. Okay. Like to really become astute and sensitive to people's energies. And I thought... 
in my mind, my whole time growing up, I thought, well, I'm alone in a room with a body worker. I don't know them. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so I kind of had this, you know, pullback. I was uh, cautious around that. But because it was this friend, my, my friend Ayelen from Chile, and she said, you know, she gives me give, this gift certificate. I'm like, Ay, okay, I'm going to go at some point. <laughs> so it took me eight months and three cancellations later. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I used to work at a spa. And honestly, that's like a more common, I think, than people think where people just like kind of get freaked out a little bit and decide huh. not to do it. I've had people leave, people left mid massage. Really? Mm-hmm. Paid for the whole thing. They and got, just like, I just don't like it. And I was like, that's oh. fine. Yeah. yeah. Were you, were you a massage therapist? No, no, oh, no, no, okay. no. I was just a receptionist. Oh, got but it. I'm very, but it got me very into like wellness and like introduced me to acupuncture working there oh, awesome. because a lot of what you were speaking about, uh, you know, kind of the mind body connection reminded me a lot of what I really liked about acupuncture. Nice. Yeah. yeah so, um, so anyways, finally I go to the appointment mm-hmm. and, uh, this practitioner, her name is, uh, Amy Colesby and uh-huh. Amy is now living in California, extraordinary practitioner. Um, and I had never, you know, I, I had, maybe I had gotten like one massage in my life. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, and, uh, how many years is that? Uh, you know, I was in my late twenties, okay. right? Anyways, I go to the appointment and she was perfect, you see. So this is the other thing with Heller work in my, well, I believe this is. That's how I felt about you when I went in for my appointment. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) nice. That's sweet. Thank you. Yeah. And then that's kind of how it happens. So in my experience of life and the way that I live life is that I always feel that energy is is before me, right? It precedes me. So the fact that I'm here in this room with you is extraordinary for me because now I get to be in your energy, of course, Christina and I have been working together for some months and to meet you, Corinne. And so there's no mistake. Mm-hmm. It's not just out of nowhere. I really do believe like the blueprint of our physiology that life m- is mapped out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this this relationship to fate and faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's, yeah, it's, it's really because once you get deep into this stuff, and you explore, it's an endless well to explore. But you're like, this is, I'm I'm also at the precipice of like, oh, I think I do understand God, which I never thought I'd say, because I, I, I always thought of religion was discriminatory. Uh, and I didn't realize how spiritual Jesus is and Muhammad is. Mm. And the pro- like these, the, all these religions say something very similar, but they're all grounded in these concepts that feel right. And you're like, oh, it just got crowded with scandal and control and fear and bleh. Um, so yeah, it's nice. Um, there was something really interesting about your, your energy and, you know, we, a common example is, you know, you get mad at somebody and you don't talk to them about it and that's going to fester. Right. Yes. Um, but I, I was really blown away with Louise Hay is one of the reasons why I wanted, I made this appointment so quickly was because she described, um, uh, going through child sexual abuse uh, when she was a kid and that bitterness she had towards the person who raped her as a child festered into cancer that she she cured herself with through the help of uh healers but she went she really went a natural route for it and it was an advanced stage of cancer and she had to come to turn like that's such a that's such an intense thing to come to terms with of letting go of the bitterness towards a person who violated you as a child like that is if you can forgive that my god uh but she healed herself and so that's the power of you know manipulating your own energy in a way but you have to be in this place where I think I'm starting to get where you just have to be really honest with yourself. Yeah, you have to be honest with yourself. And I'd like to share this piece about honesty is that you can't get honest with yourself until you get to the point of you realize what honesty is at this point in your life. Uh, So honesty changes 
through our lifetimes, right? Like at, in, in my 20s, I thought I was honest. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know? In my 30s, I thought I was the, uh, honest. In my 40s, you know, I thought I was honest. So I think that our choices, and it was something that you had mentioned, Christina, in relationship to, you know, how do we go within, right? Like, there's so many self-help books about how do we go within because everybody's talking to everyone. I want go within so that you might connect on a deeper level, um, practice meditation and really get to connect with your soul and your spirit. Well, in my life, um, even though I was brought up in an environment of spiritual development, I couldn't go within before I acknowledge what was without meaning Outside of me, what was my environment like? Mm -hmm. Who was I hanging around with? Um, what was I practicing? Which addictions was I called towards? Mm -hmm. And so over time, connecting to what was occurring in my outside world is what helped me to go inside, mm -hmm. to become curious about oneself, right? Mm -hmm. And part of that, I feel it's really important to first, before we ask people to go within, is to explore their relationship to shame and blame. Because if we can identify that we're, um, we carry guilt or we're ashamed of something that occurred in our lives, um, I would say, in my experience, that's one of the first things that we do and that we did together, even though I didn't talk about it in the session. Mm, do you see the approach so because your body is from divine grace, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and because it Thank is, you. <laughs> I agree, <laughs> you know, a physiological miracle, mm -hmm. and because all of your orchestration, like the organs all working at their same rhythm, mm -hmm. and I'm going, what the F, you know, that's incredible that we are already, we are the pharmacology, this is the laboratory. Mm -hmm. And, and when I started to tap into my body, um, through physicality, so movement, dance, martial arts, that all helped me to identify what I was feeling within. So I kind of had to go through a painful experience of um, either being sore or, you know, hurting myself in class or, and then life will necessitate your slowing down. Mm -hmm. Because when you're That's injured true. or hurt, you have to stop. Right. Um, and not to go on a tangent, but just one short piece about what's happening in the world with COVID now is my interpretation of us being deeply invited to slow the F down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I liked it. I loved it. I said, I very openly said quarantine was my favorite part of my life so far, almost. I, I was mean, happy truly. that COVID happened so that Corinne could get this opportunity to, I to mean, rest because you never do. <laughs> literally great. I was, I mean, I obviously I don't want, I didn't want people to die so that we all had to have a time off. But I mean, I absolutely agree with you. And like, I was like doing things, like I was having fun. I never have fun. No mm -hmm. time for it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and how, you know, our body with relation to sex Mm -hmm. My God, what an exchange of energy. And there's so many, you know, there's archetypes of like the girl in their 20s that doesn't want to ask for her pleasure, doesn't want to put her, you know, there's there's so many kind of uphill battles that each person experiences individually with sex. Uh, but the exchange of energy, um, one question I really wanted to ask you was, I've heard from healer type people where, you know, you are, that's a really intense exchange in energy mm -hmm. so can you ever have casual sex like is it ever oh yeah like Ca and how yeah <clears throat> how do you not take up because what if what if that toxic dick is real good and you just you don't want to take on the guy's energy but you want it every once in a while like is that wise or you just go nah 
Well, um, I think... Completely hypothetical. Hypothetical. I don't... I'm not asking for anybody except the world. Yeah, I've never had any of that experience. But um, listen, energy, it's the same thing as what we were saying before when we're talking about going within. So we're humans. We have, I had a great conversation with my niece yesterday. She's 31. She's the bomb. And uh, she's so amazing. And so she was talking to me. She says, well, you know, and Marie, uh, you know, in French, she says, I have needs. You know, I said, well, yes, I understand that. You know, and, she, and so we're talking about men and that whole, and energy, exactly. And so I believe that through, or my experience as a woman, uh, I'm a woman who has been in leadership positions, uh, mostly led by men, mm-hmm. uh, environments that have been led by men. Mm. and. Um, I am always fascinated uh, whenever I've been living in New York City for some years now. I'm always fascinated when I walk into a deli or a bodega somewhere and uh, there's a man, not American. Uh, I'm specifying that because it's not in the United States, right? So people who are not from the United States, men who are behind the counter and you purchase something at a bodega or deli and they'll say, oh, sweetie, here you go, sweetie. Right. And... Um, my, my Kali, my, my goddess of transformation within just feels like, um, I understand that's in some cultures, you know, you got my mamita, you know, it's okay that you can actually respond this way. And for me, I just feel that at this point in our, um, our lives at this point in history, her story Mm -hmm. that, uh, we may want to educate one another as to how to approach another in a way that is from a foundation and basis of respect. Right. I mean, I wish that would be so cool. I, with these, these are types of things that are so basic and so um, important to pay attention to, like how you greet a stranger, uh, whether it's at a business or whatever, um, that you never learn. Um, unless you have parents that were really wise and really nurtured your development and communication, how do you teach an old dog new tricks? <laughs> well, I want to go back to your question about energy and sex, mm. right? Because, you know, the um, delicious exchange of having sex, you know, we're talking about heterosex or maybe, maybe not, maybe uh, gay sex or transgex, LGBTQI plus. Yeah. Hopefully. Any of the sexes. Yeah. Any of the sexes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so energy, right? Well, here's the thing. You are, you know, an adult. Now, what does adult mean? That's another, th- see, it's so easy to go into tangents for me because what, what do we say? What's an adult age in the United States? 21 18. or 18? 18. Mm-hmm. Really? You can't drink, but you can Really? Serve. You're an adult at 18? Yeah. You are an adult at 18? We barely understand what adulthood hit as 35, never mind Correct. 18. Yeah. So we are in a developmental phase of understanding sure. what our own bodies are doing, both men and women. And so I think the first thing is that we need to connect with ourselves and learn how to respect ourselves because too often in my work what I've seen are and this is across the board you know we 18 to 75 mm-hmm. okay women will come in men also both men and women will come in and um, they feel that they have a loss in the exchange of sexual mm. right having sex with someone that mm. there's a loss of energy that they feel incomplete that it was um, really great. At, you know, for, for, for others, it's really hot and great. And then there seems to be a loss of energy after. Mm. So I think what's important is to really get in, in connection with ourselves and, and to not, you know, restrict our desires. It's more about what type of relationship do you have with that person prior to having sex? Now, sometimes you don't. You just meet them. I mean, you know, 
um, all of these apps, apps now, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So of proximity, if you're one block away, oh, hmm. we can have sex. So, yeah. you know, it's very animalistic, which I think is very fun. normal. I think it's fun. Um, I just have been in the situation at the other end where people come and see me and feel a loss. They feel a loss of energy, even though that immediate exchange of sexual energy was amazing. And so that's why I want to bring in the divine in the sexual conversation, because Mm -hmm. it's important. Because if we can connect to our divinity and our spiritual, we can still be mad, crazy, hot sex. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what it feels like when I have sex anyway. Great. Like I'm fucking God. Like, <laughs> honestly, like it's it's last last week we our intro is I I had I had sex uh, for the first time in a while. And it just reminded me how much I really, really love it. There's certainly been times where I felt depleted afterwards because I wasn't taking care of myself. But I feel like I've died and been reborn eight times in the last three years. So it's kind of shedding these old layers. Mm-hmm. Um, but sex is just everything's right in the world. <laughs> well, it's, it. and that's another interesting story around sex because sex is, sex is great for, uh, you know, sometime, a long time in between times. And then <laughs> when you, you know, you, you get a little bit older, um, sex is still good. And then there are times in between that navigation that we don't want sex. It, it can happen for mm-hmm. both men and women. Mm-hmm. So there's a pause in the sex, which is f- for a lot of women, it happens around the, you know, the transformation of their um, menstrual cycles when mm-hmm. that stops. And anywhere between the ages of 40 and 60, I would say sometimes, you know, uh, I've, I've had people, I've women that have, have come to see me for uh, work who are 32 and they were entering menopausal. Wow. Really? So I wonder why, yeah. do you think it's like diet? Like what? It It's so many things. Okay. Um, and right now in my observation of what's occurring in the world based on, yes, absolutely food source mm-hmm. in the United States. I mean, I have clients who are European. They go to Europe, they're France or Italy, and they're eating bread and cheese and and feeling fine, and they come back to the United States, and they start to eat the bread and the cheese, and they don't feel fine. Yeah, yeah, that's a hundred percent. Like I have a friend from Israel who just like came who who came here and gained a ton of weight, and then just went back to eating not processed foods and lost it all. But I I got my period when I was very young, and my my mom just basically asked the pediatrician like, "Yo, why is this lady bleeding so early? <laughs> She's a child. Why, why is this girl bleeding?" And <laughs> and he also said it's food sources in America. Damn. Yeah, he was like, "It's just as that change." Changes, you'll people will develop at a different rate. Yeah, and I think we develop a different um, immunity to it. Mm. So similarly to what's happening now with COVID, apparently we're in a phase where more people are getting sick, but it's less serious. Yeah. So I had COVID um, early end of November, early December, and I was sick. Oh wow! I could not get up. Like I was sick for over almost three weeks. Wow. I got the, um, you know, I went to the hospital. I had the antibody infusion. Oh my God. Yeah. I was one of the, and I'm, you know, I'm shocked because I'm healthy. Right. You know, I'm, I've never been sick. You're touched with your body more than the average bear. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (coughs) Excuse me. So I'm still having a little cough, but, um, Anyways, I think that the environment, um, without going into the specificities of physiology of having our periods and why and how that happens, mm-hmm. um, but back to having sex and energy around sex, you know, to be mindful. I think the number one thing is to be mindful, like, and also to be in agreement. Like, if you're going to go and you're going to have sex or you have a, you know, one-nighter, 
then enjoy that. Yeah. And yeah. Th- this is Definitely. what I... If you're going to do it, well, because, do it. Yeah. And then what happens a lot of the time is that, it, you know, in, in my work and what I see is that people go, women and men, is, I will say more le penchant is more towards women here, mm-hmm. where they will feel not good after because of their relationship with their own self-esteem. Right. I was going to say they probably, because there's been so much sex that I've had where my self-esteem was sacrificed and I kind of pretended that I didn't care about something that I did and I wasn't communicative and that feels bad. It feels bad. And then it takes a lot of time to repair that. Mm -hmm. And so this is why my invitation to young people who come in and, you know, we talk about everything. I mean, the the work that I do invites to dig in, Mm -hmm. to go within, Mm -hmm. by the way, um, and to just kind of have a sense of who you are. You know, and if you make the decision to have sex with someone that you don't know for what and be have protection, be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if it, you know, and enjoy it. Right. And then when you wake up or if you don't want to stay the night, see, this is the thing also with women. They want to stay the night. Men. Not al- me. Not, yeah, Corinne, no. <laughs> me, yes. I, I, Actually, I prefer I with my shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> she's oh still, my God, she's got her purse around her shoulder. I am one foot out the door. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to stay. You well, don't know person. It's <laughs> wild. And this is good. This yeah. is good And to I hear. like doing that now because I'm like, oh, I like my own space. My own space is sacred. And yeah. also, man, you really got to sage after a guy comes over because... Their energy be all. I feel like a lot of a lot of straight guys. Maybe it's maybe it's just the pattern that I've experienced. It probably is. Uh, they just want to take and take and take from your positivity, from your anything. Like just give it to me, give it to me, and uh, it's very draining. Well, it's actually I'm like, what can also, you offer me? And they're like, I gotta go. I'm like, uh, makes sense. Physiologically <laughs> as well, right? So um, you know, women, you're the receptor. Right, you're mm-hmm. at the receiving oh, end. So this is God's fault. So it's well, um, I'm not. Saying, I'm not going to say God. I'm going to say the way that we're created. Right. So you have the receptivity factor. Right. So women tend to have be, but we're. I don't even know if that's true anymore. I'm, I really want to be mindful here because I don't. I've worked with enough men to know mm-hmm. that men um, feel a lot of what women feel. Yes. They're just socialized to ignore it. We exactly. They feel like we're taking from them. Can I have a list of Wait, names? Yeah, that what? seems illegal. But. Um, well, yeah, a lot of the men that I work with, well, because there's a oh, bravado, there's an introduction to right. having to be a certain way. And this is not about now. This is not our culture now. This is this has been the going on for hundreds and hundreds of years, mm-hmm. right? Since the mm-hmm. beginning of time. So now we're trying to resolve problems today that have been, you know, evolving over, you know, hundreds and, and thousands of years. Sure. These dynamics it's like, are deep rooted. We exactly. It's like trying to fix the healthcare system now. <laughs> right. I mean, right. we are pardon my French, up shit creek without a paddle. Yeah. Because yeah. we have to go back to ground one, to a foundation. And to do that now, my friends, now we have to take the money out of Congress and pharma and invest it in a place where you're actually digging deeper to find what's really occurring. Yeah. We mm-hmm. and then we Oof. build again. But nobody in Congress and Big Pharma are gonna want to give their right. they know, don't want to give their millions. profit away. Yeah. We, yeah. For sure. So so people we'll like stop. you and I, we're the ones at the forefront. We're the ones who are talking thank God for your podcast both of you you're f- 
can I? You could say it's guys. Yeah, fuck. You say they're fucking awesome. I love when people hesitate. I know. Sweet, honestly. So it's really great because we have a platform to express and to ask questions, and you know, people who listen in to also feel that your voice is important. This is what I encounter so much of the time, like women in particular. Um, you know, your voices are important, even if you're confused, if, even if you don't know how to assess or tap, tap into your self-esteem. The invitation today is to get curious, just mm-hmm. as you did, Christina. Yeah. And, you know, to take risks because you didn't know who I was, but you yeah. looked at me online and you figure, you know, you go check someone out. And if it works, it works. If it don't, you learn something. Yeah. So to not be afraid to take chances and to... And we don't mean like going to like a guy's apartment shady at bar. No, we're not talking about that. (laughs) This is the other thing that I always worry about with my younger clients or people who, you know, are on um, social apps. Um, There's also a lot of, you know, terror. I mean, there's a lot of women who get raped or beat or... And it's terrifying yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so there's that component of it so this is why in my work I always invite people to have a personal practice of mindful awareness and for some people it might be mindfulness for someone else it might be meditation for Mm -hmm. someone else it might be um, you know martial arts Krav Maga I always invite women always go learn how to defend yourself oh yeah go not just like physically yes because it empowers you mm-hmm. and you walk differently. Yeah. Lifting weights empowers me. I can't right. imagine knowing how to kill a guy. <clears throat> lifting weights. Exactly. It's the same that thing. So fun. when we're talking about energy <clears throat> and you meet, you know, y- you're in a situation that you're with a man and you don't feel comfortable, you don't feel forced right. to stay. Right. You can just say, you know, your energy, you might, you, you might not get into Pop a up. physical fight, but you would say something like, yo, I'm out. Get the fuck off of me and I'm I'm out of here. Right. But so many women are afraid to even voice that. Because they don't if they don't know who they are and they don't know what they want and they don't know like you have to be in love with yourself in order to like be have your back cuz no one else will. It's a whew, what a journey. Well, I think it's also like you don't know the reaction and you're like, okay, well, I don't know yeah. what that person's reaction is going to be, but I know that I can handle this just the way I've handled all these other burdens that came before. I think that's women are always like, well, I'll handle it, even though it's like adding to the pile of like shit that you're dealing with. You're like, I'll just handle this because yeah. I know that I can handle it, even though it's going to take, you know, a piece <clears throat> of me away yeah. for a time being, at least not always. Yeah, to to really allow for people to um, or women in this particular case, and also for men, you know, I don't. I, it's hard to say just women, but in most cases, let's say a generalization mm-hmm. sure. is that women have a hard time to express themselves when it's to say no. Yes, mm-hmm. well, the social rules. Uh, you look at the social rules of any society. That's yes, that is what whether whether that was taught to you or whether that was shown to you as an example. You still, it's still easy to slip into those um, those dynamics without even thinking. Yeah, so the the part about going within again, I think that's important for 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 people is to really take inventory of what your life looks like on the outside. Like where mm-hmm. do you live? Who are your friends? Mm-hmm. What are your you know, what are you thinking most of the time? Right. What are your thoughts like? Yeah. What are your thoughts like? I never like? I never know what to say when people write us in and they find themselves in an unsafe situation or with a partner that abuses them emotionally or physically and they just feel like they're at rock bottom, they don't know what to do. Obviously, you know, there's these logisticals of like a safety plan, you know, don't let him know where you're leaving, but find a place before you leave so that, you know, it all goes smoothly depending on the circumstances. But like 
in terms of men emotionally, like what do you have clients that are like in, in a, in a, that come to you at a place where they're being abused. And what is that? What are this? What does that mean spiritually? Like what, what really is happening there? Because there's, it's so it's confusing to the, to the person and I don't understand it, but I know that it's such a common situation that people find themselves in. Yeah. So I won't, I don't want to, um, speak from a spiritual perspective in terms of what's happening for them. Cause I really don't know what I, what I do know is the cultivation of one's self-esteem and confidence is what actually opens the door to make the call to, um, you know, call the cops or call a friend or get out of the relationship. It's mm-hmm. so hard to move out of those abusive relationships. I, I this is, sounds like such a simple question, but why? Like what? Uh, I'm I'm curious in exploring why that is. Just to just to make honestly, just also to just to make this specific type of conversation more normalized, because then mm-hmm. maybe you won't be so stuck in the mud when you find yourself in this position. Because I don't ever hear I don't hear people talking about this enough. Yeah. So um, there. So this, in my experience, is it all comes from your caregiving years. Mm-hmm. So and also I would I would like to. Uh, invite the possibility that it actually develops in the womb. Mm. So it can also develop in, uh, as you remember, so as you're developing in this sack and everything else is getting organized and um, your mother's uh, experience of being pregnant, your mother's emotional state, Mm -hmm. her behaviors, her addictive behaviors. So just think about this. Think about the, a child being created, but you're literally being created out of the tissue of your mother right? Mm -hmm. You're literally being created out of the emotions of your mother and not just your mother, but the environment in which she finds herself. Because we all know now that um, you can hear when you're in the the womb, you can actually hear what's going on outside. Right. Right. So you can hear music, you're singing, right? So there have been tests and people put like Mozart on their bellies. Yeah, exactly. So the environment in which you grow up, uh, that's one possibility. And then you're, what you're, what you're, what you see, you know, like when you're tiny and also our parents in, in a lot of the time, they simply don't know better. They do right. not know better. You know, they Clearly, do the best yeah. that they can. But you as a little one, um, you know, if there's no one who's really caring for you, if there's no one that's and what I mean by care is to take the time to go down to your height level. Let's say you're a three or four year old, right? Get down to your height level. Um, be patient. You know, if you're crying to hug them, not to slap them. Yeah. <laughs> so there's all these commonalities. So I think that depending on how... You are brought up and the environment in which you are uh, held or not held, if you have emotionally absent parents, mm-hmm. that is crucial because you will find yourself being someone who constantly needs to be seen and heard and mm-hmm. put yourself in the forefront or um, also or chasing get- after unavailable people. A hundred percent. Because that's what you're used to. That's yeah. exactly And it's right. such an addictive drug. Mm-hmm. Those old patterns. Right. So this, so this, so the solution to it, right, is to slowly, is to get curious, right? So you, there's going to come a point, I, I'm, well, again, in my experience of it, where we all start to search, we all start to ask questions. And I think that comes with age a lot of the time. And you want to find out who you are, why you're constantly getting into those same patterns. So why am I always in relationships with abusive men or women? And the big part of the reason is because that's what you have interpreted as love. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah. Sometimes um, if you grew up in an angry environment, you understand love as anger. So the way that you love is through being angry at your And partner. the reactions to anger. Yeah. Because Corinne and I are very, we had different households growing up and we have very, it's, it's very clear in our reactions to things and like I'll freak out about something or anticipate something. And she'll be very like, Oh, we're about to drive off a cliff. So you might want to turn around, um, kind of more calm. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Like somebody yelling wouldn't jar me on like automatically because I'm used to it. So I, my threshold is higher. My skin's like a little, not thicker in that I can handle it, but more like numb, I guess to it. Yeah. So if any of your, if your listeners are in those types of relationships, you know, what is said over and over again, and to really hear that you really can, you really have the power to get out of it. You really do. Get curious, go online, look for some services around you, call the helpline, mm-hmm. speak to someone, mm-hmm. reach out. If people have podcasts and you're emailing them, yeah. email email people, let them know that you're in an abusive relationship. Yeah. And don't be afraid to do that. Save yourself. You can, you have the power and you have the strength. Mm-hmm. You really do. Talking about the abuser in a situation, I think w- with uh particularly with my mom and and cutting ties with her for the time being, what that allowed me to do and kind of humanizing her and understanding her nurturing and stuff, it wasn't an excuse thing at all. It didn't feel like that at all, but it made me realize that she was a product of her environment. And it also, the thing that was so just cataclysmic was I felt like she was a monster and I was trying to get away. Like I was a little kid in a movie and I was running from the most terrible, like the power she had over me without even doing anything was so immense. Like I felt like there was a boulder on me. And so, but, but the boulder started to lift when I started to understand human behavior more like because I I just couldn't wrap my head around why would a mother treat her daughter that I just I I don't get it even though we hear about all types of terrible situations um, far worse than what I've experienced but um, but yeah I think like something that keeps people in a situation that they shouldn't be is they feel like they're weighed down Mm -hmm. by something because this person is scary when the reality is you have all the power but it feels like they do so like is there anything that you anything else uh that you recommend with uh, just, I don't know, just not giving the other person, the abuser, the person doing the, doing the bad behavior uh, so much weight, so much power. I mean, life is all power dynamics. It's a dance with power. Who is, I think Caroline Mace was saying that she does. Life is all a dance of power and it really is. There's power dynamics in every relationship and especially sexual, my God, um, that are fun to work out and play with. But uh, it, being in a situation where you're being abused emotionally, physically by a family member, by a loved one, boyfriend, ha- a spouse like that, you just feel so depleted and powerless. What What are like if anybody's listening in that situation, like what's like a small thing that they can do to at least feel some semblance of power? Yeah, that's a great question, Christina. And um, the first thing that, well, there are many first things. One of the things that are important to address is to start to say no more frequently. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, well-intended friends and parents want to give you advice, Mm -hmm. want to tell you what to do. And it's hard to know. When you're confused and when you're in um, relationships of power, it's hard to know, you know, what's the right thing to do? Who do I listen to? And this is why in, in the process of moving forward, 
in the work that I do, I, I, it's very simple. I offer this one tool. If it feels good, stick with it. <laughs> if it feels bad, get the heck out. Mm-hmm. What if you don't know a bad, what if you think bad feels good? Yes. <laughs> what happens when the bad feels fucking good? You have, you, well, you, you can't really lie. You can't really lie to yourself. If you have a doubt. Oh, uh, I was pretty good at it for a while, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Though. If you it's- have a, yes, you can lie to yourself for a long time because you think that the abuser or the abusive situation, again, that was your interpretation of love then. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you one thing that I know is true for me. The only way that I've grown in my life is actually through pain. Mm-hmm. So when Amen. I've encountered pain, and it's interesting that I'm doing this work now because it's all about unraveling pain. It's all about unraveling trauma and giving it a voice. So I think that for people who are in, in insular relationships, mm-hmm. or parents or friends or boyfriends or girlfriends, etc., and um, you're feeling something is off or you're not sure, or again, you develop addictive behavior or self-flagellation, if you're... If you're Thinking is always about minimizing yourself. Mm. If you're calling yourself stupid, if yeah. you feel like you're not good enough, or if you, oh, I'm, I'm so dumb, or oh, I always, I always say stupid things. Like sometimes I hear people say that, right? I know yeah. it's wild. It's, yeah, some people really talk shit on themselves. So that's a sign, right? Yeah. So that's not good. Right. That's bad. Yeah. So when you start to examine your thoughts, you start to really. And you have to slow down for that, right? So that's a little bit of the slowing down process. Like, why do I keep saying I'm stupid? Right. Why do I keep saying I don't know anything when you clearly do? Yeah. And so that's a sign. Yeah. Listen to your thoughts. What is the recurring tape that's going through your mind? And you and people have to be told over and over and over again. And I am committed to this until the day I die that you are a sacred life form. Mm-hmm. You belong here. You yeah. belong here. You belong here. We are part of the universal source. We are part of nature. Even if, you know, right now you're going through a re- really rough time and you're all over the place and you, you, you're, you, you know, you're fucked up right yeah. now. Life mm-hmm. is hard. Your life is hard. Mm-hmm. Take a moment to listen to what you're saying to yourself, your inner talk. Mm-hmm. Remember what I was talking about going within, look at what surrounds you or people pushing you around. Do people keep telling you that you're wrong? Right, right. right. Evalu- evaluate your relationships in your life. And also with yourself. Yeah. With your own inner self-talk. Because then you'll start to hear yourself saying that you're stupid or you don't understand anything or I can't do this or or worse, you develop a relationship with perfectionism, <sighs> which makes it impossible for you to win that one. Right. Because, yeah, that's, a, that's something you'll never, never meet. And so when you start to hear yourself talk and you're going, you know, wow, I really do say that I'm stupid a lot of the time. I really, wow, that's probably not good, right? I heard this woman talking on this podcast one day (laughs) and she said, you know, you probably shouldn't do that. Wow. I wonder um, what happens if I Google, how can I get help Mm -hmm. for bad Mm self-talk? Like literally we have the tools at the tips of our fingers. So curiosity, curiosity. whose voice is this? Is this my voice? Is it my so-and-so's voice? Or, you know, so important. And and, and even in when you're in the depths of like, you don't like yourself, like you just really don't like yourself, like being curious about where that came from, because you weren't born that way. 
And so one of the tools for that, so once you start to hear yourself talk, right? So I am a somatic therapist. I'm a somatic practitioner. I work in the body, for the body, with the body. I listen to the body all day long. So when we talk and I invite the body to talk, which is verbalized through your vocal cords, right? That happens too. I'm not really listening so much to your verbalization as to the sensation that I feel on your body, Mm. depending on wherever we're working. And so... If you're one of those people who is struggling right now and you don't know because you're hearing um, adverse feedback or people are telling you, you should do this, you should do that, or you're wrong, or um, listen to that first. Then know that that's bad. Mm-hmm. Your inner self-talk, if you're saying you're stupid or you're less than, that's bad. That's not good. Then you want to connect to your physical body. Feel your body. What Do you have um, cramping? Do you have diarrhea? Do you have constipation? Do you have ongoing headaches? Do you have problems? Do you uh, grind your teeth? Those are signs. Those are clues. Very important clues. So that's your body speaking to you. That requires for a moment of stillness to just pause for a moment and feel what's going on in your body. Okay, good. Now we've identified that self-talk of your bad is not good, right? Like, I'm not stupid. I know that I'm, okay, I'm going to listen to that. Then I'm going to connect to my body and feel where in my body might I be feeling restrained or tight or have literally... An issue with my digestion. It shows up a lot mm-hmm. in digestion. Okay, now we have that. Now we get a little bit more curious and we decide that we're going to actually do something about it with our bodies, right? Yeah, it's like so, an episode of Scooby-Doo. Right. Let's figure out the mystery. And figure out the mystery. <laughs> the answer's there. One of the ways to do that is to get active. Yeah. When people get depressed. And I oh, share, physically active. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When I share, you know, when I have clients who come in and they're depressed and they're going, listen, everybody gets depressed, by the way. Right. Now, when you are labeled as clinically depressed, now you start to identify as this, a sign that's been put upon you. And yeah. I get this all the time. That People like will come to of. me and will say, I've done all the tests. I went to, I've gone to this doctor, this doctor, and they're all telling me there's nothing wrong with me. And I feel like there's something off. And so the first thing I tell you is you are correct. Right. Because you wouldn't feel that if you you weren't. You know your body better than anybody else ever could. So people really, we need to hear that we're not crazy. We need to hear that what we're feeling is true. Mm -hmm. And the psyche is like a wind-up toy. Like if you don't get control of your psyche, which I think is an art form in and of itself, which takes a a lifelong thing. But if you don't, if you're not in the driver's seat of your psyche, that's that's another part you were born with. It's just going to keep going. And then I think where everybody gets fucked up is they believe the voices in their head. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's just your psyche repeating a pattern or repeating something your mom said to you that you're not even processing. Like you're not doing it intentionally, but it's just kind of going off and rattling off these thoughts. And and you have the option to disagree with it. You are not the thoughts. You are the one observing those thoughts. Right. Before you can get there, though, Christina, take, right? There's a little there's a little bit of a bridge there. Okay. Right, right. Because we are a very intellectually um, directed society. Mm-hmm. We oh, yeah. give a lot of acclimation to intelligence, to our our psyches, to talk therapy. So right now... Oh, pe- much too much. I feel like we put too much in. Of course. Yeah. So now what's happening is somatic therapists like myself are starting to emerge more because we're, we're, we're body people. We, we want to... I want to be... I want to talk about your body. I want to talk about sex. I want to talk about what you're feeling about sex. I want, and the more that people come in, the more I work with people and who share about their experience, and then, of course, they are heard... 
yeah. by me, right? A practitioner or who, whatever practitioner you're working with. And now you're heard, you have a voice and not just that, but you are being acknowledged, mm-hmm. right? You are being acknowledged as heard. This is a huge piece. And this is why a lot of people. In that was these- important. That was nice for me to get. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because when you're not heard, it's you're just yelling into the ether and you feel it's a very easy, easy to feel crazy. I think when you don't even realize yet that, oh, that's my problem. No one's hearing me or like I wasn't heard in these, you know, formative years. And also, Christina, you know, you you are you are the ideal client, right? You're you're oh, you're, you're my <laughs> <laughs> I'm very curious and I love homework. <laughs> you're the you're the poster person, right? You're a poster girl, a poster woman, because you did a significant amount of work before finding me. You had mm-hmm. to get curious and look for Louise Hay. And now you're looking into other things, different things. Yeah. And so this is why it's so important to at least start to listen a little bit to yourself, like um, trust your instinct to look up, you know, Hinduism. I'm into Hinduism. I'm into probably every religion on the planet. And then I integrate that because I feel that mind, body, spirit, emotion, we are complex beings Mm -hmm. and we're complicated beings. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why I love to integrate the mindfulness piece is because Mindfulness gives us a chance to slow down and to connect with our bodies, even though it's called mindfulness, right? It's to become mindful of the sensation of your bodies, which is why I was so happy when I got back to work with my clients because I'm I'm touching bodies all day long, right? I'm realigning <laughs> bodies, right? Right. Um, and it feels good. And sometimes, you know, yeah, it's intense because, like, you know, you, you got to get in there. Yeah. You got to help people release the areas. And so... As we open up these layers of connective tissue in the body, and then, for example, there's more breath. Right. And all of a sudden, you're feeling like, oh, wow, I don't think I had ever... One of my clients, she, it was, it's amazing. It happened so many times there. And I'm thinking of her specifically because I had no idea when she left that she had had this epiphany. And then seven sessions later, she says to me, you know, Anne-Marie, when I came to see you the first time, I, I, I breathed for the first time in like 20 years. Oh, wow. What yeah, a compliment. Pe- and I was like... Okay, cool. People be holding their breath. And not People even be holding their breath. And they're holding their breath during sex too. Oh my God, I know. And this is this is important. People numb out during sex. And I'm like, sex and I, I was included, especially in my 20s, but I'm like, wow, but that's the most like that's the most intimate opportunity you're ever gonna have with another body. Like have be there. Well, so this is interesting. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> so in my work, I um work with people in a way where um uh, lots of the times, the only people that will have access to these parts of your body, and I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, vagina. No, no, I'm yeah. not talking about vagina and anus. I'm talking about the body, like the inside of your thigh. Yeah, like how many people touch the inside of your thigh? Honestly, the first, Hopefully I think, the first, not a lot. Yeah, right. But the first session we had, you touched my stomach. And I'm like, no one's ever touched my stomach. And it that's when the one I was like, <laughs> like, I just started fucking bawling. Uh, it kind of like, felt like vomiting. That's but- my favorite part. Where I, there's, it's, it's, you're right. Because I, I, we get a lot of massages. And like anytime people touch my stomach, I'm so happy. Because oh, it's nice. nice. Because people never touch it during a massage. I'm like, please. Like, yeah. that's a, that's a or part sex. of your body. <laughs> Unless they're like grabbing your hips. But I'm like, no one touches your stomach stomach like lovingly like well that's so important we too right that. because if you're not used to being touched and we are not no. we are not a culture of touch mm-hmm. um i mean well because people got out of hand with it yeah guys ruined it yeah men ruined and, it and <laughs> society but like yeah men, men mostly men there's a reason why we can't <laughs> excuse me um 
this so your belly think about it it's so intimate it's so it's your vulnerability and so depending on how it's approached so in the work that i do it's a very tender gentle approach and that and look at that when you're approached with tenderness and love and kindness a lot of the time we lose our shit. <laughs> we do. Why? We because, do. We really do. Yeah. I lose my fucking shit when I'm touched nicely. Right. Ooh. Because we're not used to being approached with tenderness. Yeah. We are, we are tough. And I'm not talking New York City tough. I am talking about North American culture tough. Yeah. I'm Canadian. So yeah. oh, there's okay. a little bit of a penchant there with Canadians. <laughs> Canadians have a, maybe a, I think we have a good reputation. Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, you do. Certainly. Um, in the United States, we have we, I mean, and now with technology, you bump into somebody and they look like you just they just killed your mom. You well, know, yeah. Like, what? Whoa. Okay. Technology is kind of what I was thinking about when you just said that. If you approach people with tenderness, because it's like on the internet. I mean, that's the number one lesson I've, I've learned. If you reply to uh, an evil comment uh, with even even tenderness or even curiosity, like we were talking about before. 99% of the time your result is going to be positive because you're not agreeing to their contract of what the energy should be if you were yeah reacting to them and not taking the bait and also they're just saying what they're saying because you hurt them in some way even though it was not direct something you said something you put out into the universe hurt in them was you hurt that person triggered something in them understandable not okay to react in the way they did but whatever it's fine yeah we handle it we move yeah, on yeah technology is a crazy <laughs> thing a and now we have avatars yeah yeah <laughs> so i can actually look different than who i really am oh my god yeah. but yeah. i think i'm a little bit sexier you know <laughs> all of the we filters yeah all yeah. the filters so we feel our most confident but it's like a faux confidence yeah and then you, and then 100%. when you're on a zoom and they don't have filters on right. zoom you're like why don't i look as hot and you're like oh yeah that filter gave me a facelift and so now let's go <laughs> behind the scenes of the avatar world right of the looking better of the filters of all of these new apps and so forth and let's get naked Mm -hmm. In front of one another. So what I mean by naked, I mean, I am not um, going to dye my hair, Mm -hmm. women. I'm not going to get Botox. I'm not going to get any, you know, I'm just going to age naturally, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that... That is becoming an issue now because mm-hmm. everybody wants to look younger. Yeah. And what is the problem with aging? Oh right. my God, it's a privilege, right? And mm-hmm. the irony is yeah. if you feel good about yourself and you're living a life of balance, whatever that is to you, and you are looking out for number one, which is you, and you are treating yourself with respect and your your relationships feel good, you're going to look younger. versus stressing about looking younger and doing running to the appointments and blah, blah, blah. Like that's itself is going to age you. But it's interesting because I just remembered something about um, a a research that was done some time ago about what men love the most in women. And he- and our hearts your our smiles mm-hmm. energy oh, that's why they're it's always your smiles smile. yeah because men just a- need something another reason to feel good about themselves it's not <laughs> like it's so funny because i think like the obsession with like a perfect body and stuff like <clears throat> i think men appreciate looking at that on instagram and stuff but when i think about like i don't want to say men, actually men i've lost out to but like you know people it's weird like aesthetic is something i think women think about like like on a deeper level men are just like hot i like it you know and then women think like that's the way to get ahead or that's the way to get the partner that i want and when in reality no one who's ever like moved on from me has it's not they don't move on to someone hotter that's it's <laughs> and i don't mean that in a mean, in, in, in a way. mean way I, I i i it's been quite eye-opening because i think a lot of times women think like 
I just need to be better aesthetically. That's what men want. And like, it's not that. It's also not being a better person. I don't know what it is. Yeah, what is it? But it's not either of those things. And so this constant like obsession with aesthetic is women are doing that to each other. It's not, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. men are not asking for that. So I'll tell you a funny story with, again, with the work that I do is that people come and in in the way that I do it is um, I invite, you know, people know beforehand that they'll be disrobing. Yeah. So people are usually in their underwear and across the board, men or women, 99% of the time, um, if it's not said, there is a, a discomfort. Right. Because you're disrobing. Sure. Yeah. In relationship to the body. Right. And it's interesting because it's in, when it's in a therapeutic uh, environment like I'm I don't disrobe right <laughs> you disrobe right um, and so the <laughs> their relationship <laughs> is different yeah. um, when you're in in that environment however a lot of the comments that I hear from both men and women is has something to do with their body they'll mm-hmm. say something about oh I am feeling really fat right now or I'm bloated today or oh I, oh they oh. make a remark like a oh okay interesting or I or I feel like I have bad yeah. posture and I'm like well this is this is perfect because that's why you're here. Yeah. I'm going to help you with um, connecting more deeply so that you might uh, create a sense of better posture, an energetic better posture. Right. Because better posture for people is bringing their shoulders back. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. No, don't do that. If you're listening, please don't do that. What you want to do is actually soften oh. your heart. Soften oh, your heart. Well, I can do that. That's problem. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot of back upper back pain. so if you soften mm-hmm. your heart, soften heart yeah and you actually have a relationship with tenderness again we're going back to tenderness your body will naturally soften yeah not softening as in weakness this is so interesting in this culture the that vibe, you have to, the energy we but you have to say that because right. if you say softness people are like or an american man doesn't want to hear that you don't want to be you don't want to be soft right you don't want to be weak and so mm-hmm. it's not about weakness actually opening your heart and inviting a sensation, a relationship to tenderness gives you strength. You know why? Because you're no longer on the defense. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You're not defensive. You have so your energy to... isn't going towards that. You're exactly. just going to standing in your own. So that's your how you meet people. That's how, that's what happens. It's not the smile. It's not the body. It's not the hotter look. It's your energy. Yeah. That's, I mean, we have several energi- energetic bodies beyond us, right? This is the physicality, but then there are other energetic bodies beyond us. Yeah. And so why are you attracted to who you're attracted to? <sighs> Great question. Yeah, right, right. What the energies you, match up. What if you feel like your heart is hard, but people keep <clears throat> reaching out to you even though you'd prefer they didn't? Well, this is where... I don't think you got a hard heart. Well, this is where... I don't, but it's, uh, I think, a lot... Yeah, I mean, a hard exterior, and I... And I but I would like to keep more people away. Right. Like people will go to her like, before I'm, this is me sin- to like this talk is about sincere. something. It's too much. She's bothered by a lot of people. It's and I'm, I'm over much. here going, text me. And they it's don't. It's too much. So, I can't. Okay. So then yeah. we might want to explore a little bit of your relationship with boundaries. Yeah. But I, I really said people think I'm like lying. I don't know. People, people question. So I'll say things like very succinctly and clearly. And I feel like because it's almost like too simple, like people think I'm like tricking them. And I've witnessed it for a decade. I mean, people, the way people react to Corinne, be like, it's, it's I don't very want peculiar. to come and then be like, OK, but we'll see. You there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to come. I won't be there. Don't set a plate out for me. Like, <laughs> Well, we, 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 you know, what would be great is um, 
I would invite you to come and see me mm-hmm. for a session. Yeah. So that we might be able to dissect what's going on there. Because something's going on there. So, yes. Yeah. So it's it's energetic or it's the communication style. There's something. Well, you know when somebody meets, like yeah. somebody that has a little bit of an insecurity, which is a, a lot of people, a lot of people. Uh, and then, but they don't like when someone's like, I'm very, like, hi, hello, hello. But if Corinne's more contained. Yeah. They can get very insecure about that, about Corinne being contained. I'm not a puppy. I'm going to lick you. Right. Like, well, you mean the people get very insecure or intimidated by her? Yeah. Or, and they'll be like, I feel, like, like, yeah, I, they feel like, like they say things in front of her that are out of character for them to say because Corinne's stillness <laughs> people will be is like, intimidating. She I, hates I, I me. And I'm like, what it is? I didn't think about you when I left the people, room. Yeah. Like people would text about me, you like, does time. Corinne hate me? I'm like, she doesn't give a fuck about you. What I didn't think about you one time. I don't even care about you. But that's, but that's, so then, so then that's the end of the conversation <laughs> but it happens all the time right but i think that, it's i think it's more of a problem because of the business i'm in you know mm. when it's so, so much about personal relationships and yeah. and networking and i mean all the things i hate about it i just <laughs> like the part where i get on stage and talk and people have to be quiet but you know but you mean in your performance yeah in, in, in your performance well world. it's not in part no it's not a problem in my performance that's like the only part where it's not a problem but that's because you know well actually I, I lie. That's sometimes it is because uh, I feel like every now and then when I'm dealing with like a premise for a joke, I'll say something and it's very relatable like to me. And like I've just said things to audiences that I think are very normal and they'll look at me like I just like spoke an alien language to them. And I don't see that happening to a lot of comics, just like it a completely happen. unrelatable thing. Well, like we're like we've lived two different. Not I'm not talking about two. Obviously, we've lived two, two different lives, but like we were living in two different like, dimensions. Different sets of of references, and and I'm just going. Well, we're you just might, not gonna. You might be living in two different dimensions. <laughs> well, you you know you're unique. Kind of are. You know there maybe there's nothing to figure out there. Right. Like, that's just how you are, and that's just what it is. Yeah. No. The, honestly, the more I try to figure things out, or like, or like respond to. Um, criticisms of myself just because you know if you get the same criticism over and over again you go let me look into that i'm not i'm not i'm not i don't think i'm like oh i'm perfect i shouldn't look into anything if i get the same criticism whether it be from people who listen to the show or from people that i know in my regular like you know my personal life i go okay look into that and then a lot of times it's just like makes me question something that was like honestly fine to begin with and I wish I hadn't looked into it yeah that's good Corinne it's really good that you're saying that <laughs> oh well, it's so nice to hear my name sorry it was just nice to hear my name with like French accent because it's French and it no one's oh, yeah, I know French. and I never get I haven't heard that <laughs> since like seventh grade <laughs> Madame Perry <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> well, it's, well it's beautiful that you're sharing that because again so we go, we're going back again to in your case it's a little bit special because you are the one who is being um criticized or given a certain type of feedback, right? So when sure. we're in the public eye, um, if, you know, you get a bad review on Yelp, you know, you're done kind of thing. So right. um, the fact that you said that I explored it and I I still decided it wasn't true, even though 15 or 20 or 100 people or 1,000 people criticized you on this point. Right. And you went back to it and you decided that that wasn't true. Yeah. That's the end of the conversation. That's right. Do you see what I mean? Sound <laughs> unless, unless like Get out of my house, un- unless like really, it's an issue for you. Like, no, it's not. And it's 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 an issue for other other people. And then I go, okay, I don't want to be so hard headed that I am going like you know uh, bringing something negative into the world that's hurting other people. Um, and I and I don't feel it. I could just be it could be a blind spot for me. You right. know. Well, the fact that you're willing to explore it 
then, you know, at some point also. So I'll give you a personal example where, um, you know, this the end of 2021 and entering into 2022 was kind of like a, because of COVID. Right. I right. And so some people were immediately available to assist and support and others who I thought would be were not. OK. Um, and some of these people were very, very close friends to me. Yeah. Support in what way? Uh, you know, uh, send me food. Bring me out. Oh, okay. Um, I see. Okay. You know, uh, drop off uh, a bottle oh, of when water. Oh, while you were sick. Got right. it. I see. Okay. And so um, so my interpretation, this is the other piece, Karin, that is so important. Oh, I love what our that. interpretation of what we're hearing and seeing and feeling is. So my interpretation was like, wow, okay, they're really out of touch with what I'm going through. Sure. Because I was super sick and yes. they, I don't, they didn't. They, I, I don't think they got it. Yeah. Because right? I said it several times. Like, I can't get out. Like, I can't go to the bathroom. Like, I can't get out of bed. Well, you got to get to urgent care. I can't. You, l- you literally can't move. Yeah. yeah. So part of, so you go to in, your in, house ret- you... in retrospect, I was like, well, I could have asked. I could have said, you know, can you come to my house, pick me up and take me to urgent care? That's in retrospect. But at the time, I didn't say that because I had an expectation sure. as my super best besties that they would offer. Yeah, of course. And that's a little bit crazy. When we have expectations, yeah, I guess that's when we get disappointed. Is because there is an expectation, mm. yeah, right? That's yeah. a heterosexual relationship in a nutshell. Yeah, I'm right there. <laughs> that's really good. You exactly. have expectations, you yeah. will be disappointed. So the idea was, um, so my but point, no my point to what you said before is that I had to get very clear about how I, I went back into my body, uh-huh. and I just felt like, wow, that was hurtful to me. Yes, and. Um, I can't handle that right now. I'm healing. Yeah, right. You're sick. I can't handle that right now. Yeah. And so this is after the fact that it happened and I'm now much better. And I, and it's, and and I've decided that I'm going to give that, those relationships some space. Mm hmm. Yeah, because I I am not in a position. I don't really want to deal with it right now. You didn't offer to take me to urgent care when I said I was like, yeah, it's like, what's that conversation even going to look like? Like eh. more importantly, though, to your point is I'm checking in with myself like and I'm not angry. Right. I just realized that I had an expectation a certain way that I sure. wanted things to occur, then they didn't. So taking some space, I think, is always a really great place when you don't feel like what you're being criticized about or whatever feedback you're receiving sounds inaccurate to you yeah. once you've explored it. Right. And that's called maturity. That's called adulting. <laughs> Mm, some people but call it withdrawal. Sh- I just get a, I just get nervous because I do tend to withdraw, but it's not like mm. I just I just need a lot of time to myself. And like what kind of what you just explained with COVID, like was like my dad was very sick sick and passed away last year, and like Ooh. I felt the same relationship with people, very disappointed, and a, a lot of people, and and even like um you know I, the people talk about a lot with this a lot with like the grieving process, and like everyone really puts a time on your grieving process, and to a certain extent I can understand that because no one is going to need the timeline to grieve that I need and like if people everyone I, I take a really long time to grieve um, which is why I'm always grieving because they just end up connecting it's fun um, she's got a lot of death in her life. everyone just dies and then I'm like oh it's just chain link it together mm. and people that's why people think I'm clinically depressed I'm like no just every every year for the past four years someone wow. very important has died or left so it's like not you know um, but yeah that's and I do take a take a step back and I'm also not like actively angry. I just, I yeah. just am like, okay, well, this is, I don't even, I, I, I might justify it too much though, because I, I kind of like looked at a lot of people and like what they were going through in their lives. And, like, well, this is why they didn't have the time or this is why they felt like what they were going through was more important. 
Um, People got head, their head up their ass. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't like Still to have a struggle off, but like my, I was going through something yeah. more important. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> but, it's, you know, at a certain point, you got to go. Like, also, to it, they're, they're burdening you about they didn't get the opportunity to have the acting gig that they want. And you're sitting there grieving your father. This is, yeah, this is two different, mm. two different levels of I reality. I so patient. Right. But anyway, that, that's a that's a good point. I mean, definitely stepping back and just giving space. I gave out space to, uh, from a lot of people um, mm. during quarantine, even before anything happened with my dad, where I just was in my house alone. And I go, I feel so much better. I feel so much more energized. We're still doing our work. We're still doing podcasting. We're still doing shows on Zoom. But it's like, oh, who am I not hanging out with? Who am I not yeah. having to speak to or give any energy to? And like, you know, I didn't have to make a big production about like, I'm not talking to you, you, you anymore. I just, you just pull back right. a little bit. It doesn't have to be performative. Hey, I'm really sorry about yeah. your dad. Oh, thank you. I thought you, I thought you, you scared me. I was like, are you having a heart attack now? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please, no, no more, no more heart attacks. Thank you. I'm yeah. feeling for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's good. It's, um, it, it's important to feel. Yeah. yeah. I, I know when my, my dad passed, um, I basically stopped working for three months. Yeah. And I sat in my living room and I pretty much cried and allowed myself to be angry and resentful and confused. And and I just stopped. Every, yeah. But, but you know, Karin, you know, I was working with a woman at that time. Um, I was working on emotional freedom technique. It's a tapping have you ever oh, heard of this yeah. I do that with my therapist. Yeah, great. So I worked with her because I have OCD right? too, and that's been very helpful with OCD. Oh, so good, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was working with a therapist um, for emotional freedom technique EFT, and um, she said to me, "And this is what I mean: why it's important to be curious and to open to, and to try new modalities. You know, give things a chance." Sure. Um, she said to me, "And Marie, she says you have two choices." Basically, you can take door number one, mm-hmm. which is to choose to have this very private, uh, special, sacred opportunity to grieve your father, or you can choose door number three and keep working. Right. And I said, I'm just going to sit and cry and grieve and not do anything. And by the grace of, you know, nature for me, for me, God, spirit is nature. And, and you know, it's so interesting. And this is so important. This is, this is so important. When we choose, when we make decisions that are good for us, when we're confused, that's, that's my number one thing. I was sharing that with someone yesterday. In confusion, if you don't know what to do, squat. Oh. Like physically get down and squat? Yes. Oh, I love squatting. Just squat. Okay. Oh, what does that do? Just sit there. Oh, just it, well, first of all, you know, if you're comfortable squatting, that's great. If you're squatting. not comfortable squatting, you're going to have to figure out how to squat. So that in itself is good because it gives you a moment to get outside mm-hmm. of the noise and mm-hmm. inside <clears throat> and you're getting in the position of squatting. OK, so you just want to squat and you squat as long as you can <laughs> just sit there. Just sit there and let the magic of the moment, let your body be in this position. So you might feel like you're getting a stretch. You might feel like you're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It might not. It's a really good technique to just squat. Mm. Just because you squat, just just squat, sit there. And, you know, I squat and I put my hands in front of me like this and I just kind of it's just a moment to go inside and to stop being so um, affected by what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. So I just squatted for three months. 
I mean, not the whole time, you know, I'm sitting, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling, I'm crying. And, and the magic of that is by making that decision, that opened up other possibilities for me in my life that I would have never been able to explore if I had not stopped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if it takes you a long time to grieve, honey, you go right ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't letting anyone rush me, but... I just, I feel like sometimes I really like, I just go, oh, okay, you, you don't agree with like what I'm doing. I'm just literally not going to speak to you. Yeah. Cause who fuck? Yeah. <clears throat> and you, you know, you might really love, um, experimenting with, you know, um, with body work, like t- the specific, you know, whether um, I'm not selling my product here, but I'm just no, saying I'm very it's into good- it. Like, I, I mean, I, you know, kind of like what, ac- acupuncture and uh, all good. these kind of things were very helpful uh, yeah. over the course of my life. Yeah, because yeah. because there's something it's yeah. interesting to find this out about you now, because there is something about you. There's something in your life, whether it's a karmic thread, mm-hmm. whether it is the way your life is going to unroll. There's something about your experience with death or people close to you dying and you uh, being in this space, in this position, in this lifetime. I, I tend to believe in reincarnation. Yeah. And me there's too. something that's occurring with you in this lifetime that is offering you what I call an opportunity to feel very, very deeply. And, you know, Corinne, when we feel very, very deeply, we have to, we have, there is an energetic space of, of, you know, care, protection, you know, so, so the fact that you are how you are is absolutely perfect. That, and probably why people are <laughs> rushing to come to you. I've been trying to tell people this and everyone's really not buying it, <laughs> you know, but I you know what it. I mean? <laughs> everyone, everyone just goes, this seems like narcissism. I hope we looked into that already. That was one of the many things that you guys have tried to fucking accuse me of <laughs> diagnose me with, but you there's a, but you're p- perhaps a, a, a stoicness mm-hmm. in some way yeah. and to embrace that because the deeper you embrace your, how you are outside of podcasts and zooming and, you know, performance, you know, this is the essence. And also a lot of what we had talked about is probably the reason why you are so successful doing the performance the way that you do it, because Mm -hmm. it's very important for you to go back into your cocoon and to just process and sit and uh, not go to a lot of events and people might continue to come after you. And the more you take your space and you're very clear in the way that it is, then, but, but that might be like that for the rest of your life. Yeah, I kind of thought so. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's so interesting, to, though, to see what patterns emerge in someone's life. Like, Corinne has had so many people die, and I've not... The losses that I've experienced were grandparents, but it was, like, to the point... They were so ill that it was just like, oh, my God, please die so you're not suffering. Like, it was very much a relief. But, like, I have... I can't tell you how many people I've caught walking in New York City mid-seizure. I have called 911 on so many strangers. Like, it is. And then I ask other people, and they're like, I've never, I've lived here for like two decades. I've never called 911 on anybody. I'm like, wow. So, like, like Uh. there is just something about, like, these. it's very helpful to just at least notice, I guess, patterns that emerge in your life. And I I assume just be curious from there. And Well, this is why, you know, I find the work that I do so rewarding is because people come in and there is a space for you to drop. Like, that's my invitation to you at every session just drop in yeah just let me you know feel my hands on your ankles and um allow for gravity to support you and i invite you into a space of just being held of safety and just just breathe and just feel the room you're in you know if it's your first session yeah yeah, if you're if it's your first session with me I'll, i'll invite you to just stand and 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 take a temperature of the room notice me 
What does it feel like being here with me? Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to feel what you feel. Is it comfortable or, or, you know, and if you're not comfortable, please let me know because you are always in charge of the session. Right. Mm. Not me. Yeah. I never, I get yeah. so many massages yeah. and I've never felt the way I feel after I leave a session with you specifically. Like I feel like I just met the love of my life or I feel like I just, <laughs> I just won the lot. Like I just feel like on top of the world, like there's cartoon birds floating around and it was, it's such a huge release of just negative energy that you've been carrying around, whether it's self-imposed or, or whatever. It's well, that's and that's what lays in our bodies, right? So this we walk around yeah. all day long without being aware of what's really in our bodies. Like, what are we really feeling? And so we get into relationships not knowing really how we feel. Mm-hmm. We get into relationships because it's the norm, because I'm supposed to, because I'm 30, You're because I should autopilot. have a child. Because and mm. and this is really we're getting into trouble. Yeah, because the second you think a relationship's yeah. going to be a band aid, whoo. <clears throat> that is going to be a, a rocky road. Yeah. Rocky so, I, road. so this is why I, f- I feel it's so important to be able to look like like one of the things you had talked to me about was this this pause, right? The menopause. Oh Women yes, go yes. Into this pausing. That's another invitation to pause, because in this society we look at it as you know. Uh, when you look it up on Google, it'll say, well, um, you know, you stop your period, uh, you're going to get vaginal dryness. Uh, you know, they kind of make it all, thorny. They're gonna. They make it all a uh, uh, something that is you're losing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're losing. You're older now. Nobody's going to desire myth. you anymore. Yeah, which is quite the opposite. With women, it, we get oh, better with age, and it's so criminal that society has tricked everybody to believe the opposite is it true. It is a transformation, right? So this is why I brought you Kali because I wanted to share with you the goddess of transformation. So that's what really moving into getting older is a deep privilege mm-hmm. of being moving into your wiser self, your oh, higher self, Yeah, you know, elevating consciousness and being in a space where in my opinion, I have a responsibility to the younger generation. Mm-hmm. I have a responsibility to speak in a way where you feel heard, you feel loved, you feel empowered because you're my sister and my brethren, same thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yes, it, yes, there's a spiritual intonation because it is, we are right. also spirits. Right. And our job, I believe as humans is to rise each other up to, to really let people know that they're in the right place. It's the right time that you are, you know, and of course, I mean, this is, Overall, for the general population that is healthy, right? We understand where I'm coming from, the context. And to remind people that their bodies is their greatest tool. Their mm-hmm. bodies is what you really want to connect with on a much, much deeper level. Yeah. And whether you start with an activity such as, you know, dance, martial arts, swimming, that's a good entry. And then get curious about how does your body work? Why are we not teaching deep anatomy physiology in grade school? Beats me. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more we're connected to how we feel and sensations, yeah. the better choices we make. Right. Because it is a connection. It's a mind-body connection. So if I feel good in my body and I walk in with confidence and somebody criticizes me, I can just assess it and go, okay. See ins- yeah. Right. Instead of... Right. Being hurt, retaliation, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, reacting in a way. Giving your power away. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, and it's, we get so caught up in the aesthetics of a body, which is, you know, with advertising, with movies and all pop culture and all that stuff. And it's like people, you know, I'm overweight, I'm underweight or whatever, whatever is fucked up about my body. I'm like, your body's so amazing that all that should matter is how you feel in it. Whether, whatever the fuck size it is, if you feel good in it, 
that's what you take solace in. It's just mm, society, man. It's deep. It's deep. <laughs> it's deep. No, no matter no matter who I've worked with, and I work with professional athletes and performers, and you know, of the highest caliber, doing these extraordinary shows, and everybody. Let me say something. Everybody has the same issues. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, all fun. have the same issues. So for me, <laughs> if you can have a heart of compassion. And just kind of see the other, see beyond, see, look, take a moment and look into people's eyes, you know, like very un-American, <laughs> right. Or, and, or look into it, you know, each, feel each other's hearts. Immediately, there's a beautiful tenderness that is allowed, that is, that is integrated. Mm-hmm. And, and we're less on le qui vive, le qui vive, you know, it's like. Are they looking at me? What did I say? What did I do? Am I writing the same thing? Is my makeup okay? Am I looking? Which is how, yeah, which why I'm like, oh, I think of so many people going into sex with that, like, uh, and it's like, oh, if you're concentrating on what you look like or how, oh my God, no, stop, 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 stop. It should be, yeah. it's like a, And you know what? Before you all have sex, foreplay for three days. Oh, three days. That's, foreplay for three days. Wow. That sounds fun. Touch each other's bellies, yeah. right? Yeah. Touch each other's inner thighs. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, That's, be sl- go slow. This is yeah. what I would. This would. This would be my parting words. <laughs> Foreplay for three days or more before you actually have sex. I like. Sounds it's fun. a law. It's a law now. <laughs> where can we? Where can we find you um, <clears throat> online? What would you like to plug? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So art of alignment academy.com. Uh, I have, uh, we talked mostly today about my body work practice. Excuse me. <clears throat> I also have, um, uh, I, I'm my coach. I've been coaching for 30 years. Uh, and I just call it basically the Duchenne method coaching. It's a culmination of my life as being uh, brought up in a spiritual environment in an ashram and then moving through dance and martial arts and working with Cirque du Soleil for many, many years. Uh, you know, uh, I have a medical anthropology background. That's really my gaga. That's mm-hmm. what I love is the evolution of the human psyche and spirit. So artofalignmentacademy.com. You can find me on Facebook under my name. Same thing, Art of Alignment Academy or A.M. Duchenne, D-U-C-H-E-N-E. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and LinkedIn. Amazing. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank Everyone, you. This has been lovely. Yes. So awesome. Oh, and I wanted to hold Which camera am I holding this up to? Yeah. This one? There you go. Just so you, so you guys can get a visual of what we were talking about before. Holly, the goddess of transformation. I love mm. it. All right. This has been Guys We Fucked, the anti-slut shaming podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. Guys We Fucked is presented by Luminary. Created and hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Editing and music coordination by Mike Coscarelli. Theme song by Rob Patterson and Jake Cozen. Suck my wet ass pussy. <laughs> Christina said to cut that before, but now it's in there. Yeah, let's keep it. Who cares?
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.